Hello, and welcome to Go for Bronze, episode 44. On this week's show, we talk about The Last of Us Part 2 remaster being out this week. Microsoft is exploring a future without exclusives, and Fortnite has gone too far. I am Joel Torres, and as always with me is my co-host, my hetero life partner, Mark Ace Acevedo. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing excellent. I got a, I'm bringing with me a fresh story from earlier today when I went to go grab food in the middle of the day. I went to my local Publix here as we are in Florida, and that is our, our food church. I went to the Publix close to me, which sucks, has a bunch of really disgusting people. Yeah, both customers, both customers and employees there are awful. Uh, the people who make the sandwiches in there are pretty bad. You know, I had this is a different story, but I remember during like the holiday season time, they have a special that's the turkey cranberry sub. I fucking love that shit. It's really good. But I had somebody making it for me. And, you know, it's turkey, like a cranberry orange relish. Uh, some nice like cheese on there and then while this guy was doing the toppings he asked me if i wanted ranch on it ew right like what the fuck you just like asked me that and i like wish i wasn't going to that Publix. anyway that isn't what happened today what happened today was i was on the phone in my car uh, driving by and i was like you know i don't really know if i even want to go to this Publix because every time i come here it's gross a lot of people whatever maybe i'll go to the new one too much traffic as i was pulling out i have limited time fuck it i'll turn around pull into a space i'll just go here as i'm pulling into my driving space there's like an older lady who is like looking at me and she's on the phone and in my head i'm like does she like think she knows who i am or is she like waiting for somebody i pull into the space and then she gets like a little bit closer to my door kind of peeking in like she's trying to see through the window what and i'm clearly looking at her on the phone with my brother being like, yo, there's this lady looking at me. Like if she could read my lips, she knows what I'm saying. But she I was can like, definitely hear Alex on the outside of the car. So I was like, whatever. Uh, so I get out of my car and I was like, maybe she's looking at me because she thinks I like hit this car next to me, which I did. And I was like, I don't know why she's looking at me, but I get out of my car. I look her dead in the eyes and I'm like, hello. And she's just <laughs> like, hello. And I look down at her car and her front right tire is like fully fucking slashed flat like tire open but i just look back up at her and i say hello and then i walk away like what the fuck (laughs) am i supposed to do but it was like a weird like i didn't know why she was looking at me but now i clearly see why she's looking at me but what am i gonna do i'm not a mechanic like yeah that's a that's a rough situation because even this morning uh i work early in the morning and my work schedule is all over the place but i have to get up early so i'm driving around 5 a.m getting to work bright and early it's cold as balls here in Florida. I know the rest of the world's getting fucking face fucked with snowstorms and whatever, but it is cold in Florida. Don't believe the hype. It is actually really fucking frigid here as well. And I'm driving. It's 40, 50 degrees in the morning. I see a dude side of road trunk popped open looking at his thing. And I'm like, hey, hey, I got to go to work. So I can't stop. But being like, I would like to be the person that stops and helps a good Samaritan. But I'm like, why are you on the road at 5 a.m.? You know? Even though I'm on the road, it's like kind of sketchy. Like when you like, I mean, clearly he wasn't dressed like he's going to work. Not, I mean, his car wasn't working. Employment is not his number one priority for me. It is. So I'm like, I just, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, you're like, I want to be a good person, but then it's also like, what the fuck am I actually going to do? Cause I don't know anything about a car. When I'm going to walk up there, fucking shine my iPhone flashlight, look at it be like, yeah, your shit's fucked. I don't know. You, <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be funny. You said they were looking in the hood of the car yeah no the the trunk was popped open our hood was popped open mm. my bad 
hoods popped open looking in the f- engine and all that shit and i'm like you know i mean i'm a car guy in the sense that i like i have a car youtube channel but I, i'm not i'm not a you know I'm not a grease guy i was gonna mean? say grease monkey but i feel like grease monkey was a little far yeah, I think that's I think that that has been retired. But the the you saying you have a car YouTube channel, what do you mean? You like start some new shit I don't know about? No, no, no. I like follow car YouTube channels. I don't have a car YouTube oh, channel. Oh, so you've like seen a car before? I've seen a car. Okay. I I I listen to Throttle House. I know exactly what I would purchase if I had $250,000 and I know exactly what not to purchase if I had $250,000. That sounds like somebody who wants to tell us what they would purchase with $250,000. GT3 RS. No mm. no questions about it. GT3 RS. Less than less than if I'm in the 150 to, you know, $100,000 range sports car, I'm either going BMW M5 competition or the Corvette Z06 because I'm British. Mm. So those would be yeah, my let's... two options under a hundred thousand. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Well, mentioning that Porsche, I was driving that same one on Nurburgring yesterday, playing Gran Turismo Seven, which I was exploring the menus of Gran Turismo Seven, and I was going to go play online multiplayer. And I saw in some update recently they had added a mode called Paddock, which is like kind of like you go to specific tracks as a car meet and then you can like freely drive around except when i tried to load it up my system hard crashed and it wouldn't turn on again for like a couple of minutes so i looked up online to see if that was like a similar situation and other people have been just been saying like yeah that mode almost never works and is like reliable to crash people's systems which is just kind of like crazy nice i was having an issue with uh earlier in the week with gt7 just hard crashing my system in general like i would Mm -hmm. just and I figured out a trick where it's like I can't start up GT7 first. I, like I'll start up another game, then play GT7, and it won't hard crash. But if I just like raw DZ in the GT7, I don't know why, it just immediately crashes as soon as I try to start a race. Mm. Strange. Yeah, when I was playing on any any time, it would be raining. It would be like it would break the frame rate a lot too. It would slow down a lot, mm-hmm. which was weird. I never experienced this with before. I don't know if there was some recent update that forced that to happen. I don't know. And then I also saw on the on the Reddit about GT7 saying that if you have it installed like on the SSD that you installed in the system as opposed to the actual like consoles um storage, that that can cause GT7 to be a little fucky. So mm. and I do have GT7 on the SSD because I put all my PS5 games on that and then like any PS4 games I use like the console storage for. Mm. Well, that's an easy switch, luckily. You can transfer it over between SSDs really quickly. I'm pretty sure it only takes like a couple of minutes. You don't actually have to delete and re-download it. Oh, that's good to know because I was going to do that. I just said fuck it and I was like, well, I'm not going to do this shit because uh, then I figured out that loophole if I start another game. So usually I'd play a game of 2K, you know. Also, you want to just go into what we've been playing? We just, we, I mean, we're already in there. I like mean, we can, we can do in any any order we need to. Yeah, we can just go ahead and ease straight on into what we're playing. But we can. Yeah, let's get into what we've been playing. Obviously, 2K is back basketball's back you know we're we're on fantasy basketball marks out here collecting cards we're having a great time we love the nba orlando magic are doing well you know the nba we're an nba household he's rocking the orlando magic 35 year anniversary shirt come on this guy a 407 kid through and through he's got a 407 tramp stamp that's it i was i was there on opening (laughs) night i just pulled an autograph of josh giddy fuck what you heard oh my Yeah, well, you know, Adam Silver, you know, you saw that situation where he got off and then Adam Silver's like, yeah, let me take a look into this. I'm going to see what's going on. 
I did see that. And then I saw somebody saying that he's reopening that case just because he's averaging like 15 or less points a game. Damn. But he's been balling for me in fantasy. Not saying I support what Josh Giddy did, but I'm just saying he didn't go to jail. Yeah, that's true. Me and you are, me and Joel are actually going <laughs> against each other this week in fantasy. It's going to it's gonna come down to the wire. Right now, it looks like... You were like, projected to blow me out, and then Valanciunas fucked up. No, so I still am. The reason why my projections have gone way down, which this isn't funny, but in tragic news, the Golden State Warriors, one of their head coaches passed away from a heart attack the other night. And when that happened, that postponed the game between the Warriors and the Jazz. And so Curry on my lineup shows no projected points. But the first game of the week is going to count for him. So at the end of the week, that's just going to automatic to that, like that first game that he played. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that? Isn't that a little much? What are you saying? To cancel a game? I mean, I understand that he might have like a close relationship, but I feel like I've like players have actually like died and they played the game before. I have no clue. As this being like the first season that I feel like I'm really heavily following, I have no clue how they traditionally handle situations like that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a little much. I'm going to reach out to James or our espn correspondent and i'm gonna see if he thinks that it's a little much what the warriors are doing and i'll I'll come back with an update for you at the end of the show um but is it yeah so i mean we'll see with that but yeah basketball has been good so you're saying 2k yeah we got over christmas time 2k24 i scooped it up thanks from liz it was on sale on the holiday sale for half off so i picked it up for 30 and i've been really loving it i don't know what the difference is in either the way that matchmaking works or maybe i'm just taking it less serious which is working better but i've been winning way more on this one than i was in 2k23 that i'm just making it like significantly more fun so i was enjoying or i am enjoying online but i also wanted to talk about recently i have like dabbled in a my team mode don't worry okay. i haven't spent any money but i think it's because the my career mode i tried ran like shit i had no interest i was out and I tried the my team mode, which, you know, you make a team and then they give you some starter packs with random players and then you can like complete challenges or games against other players. And then you create you create a team out of players from all different eras and different teams. And I did learn, by the way, if you do ever want to run that, you can play against your friends teams. Oh, that's cool. So we can do that. So I've been enjoying that. There's a 3v3 mode with that that I've been playing where I've been fucking people up. My the three people that I use, I use um I use Vince Carter, like prime Vince Carter. I use uh Andre Karolinko and I AK forty seven. I use AK forty seven and then I also use uh Admiral from the Spurs. Oh oh shit. David uh Robinson, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. David so, Robinson, the Admiral. Yeah, so that's my that's my three, and that three has been working really well. Damn. Dude, I used to I love nicknames back in the day. They were mm. so good. So good. Me and James were talking about that, where you can't have the same type of nicknames you did back in the day. Like Andre Karolinko, for anybody who doesn't know, he was a Russian player. He wore the number 47, Mm -hmm. and his initials are AK. So his nickname in the NBA was AK-47, the famous Russian assault rifle, which definitely would not play today in today's society. And then also, we were talking about, you know, uh, Marcin Gortat? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. His nickname was the Polish Hammer, and I love that. Yeah. And now you can't, I feel like now you can't, like, you know, you can't bring like your ethnicity group into it. You know, it's a different league now. It's a but different. But the Giddler, 
The Giddler's good because I mean that's more an indictment on him and his behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think there's still nicknames. I just don't know if they're. I don't know if they're. They're as... not recognized by the league. They're not like old action movies. Like that's what AK-47 and like the Polish Hammer. That sounds like 80s action movie type shit. Ice Tray is a good one. Ice Tray is probably the best new nickname. Yeah, Ice Tray is a good one. That's true. But outside of that, you know, nicknames don't hit the same way. But what I was talking about 2K earlier, I didn't realize that 2K online is so easy because if you literally just actually don't quit, you'll win half the games because everybody quits. That... I don't know if you've experienced that while you play, but I, I have like a lot of people quit. I'm also spanking that ass, so that helps. I mean, definitely a lot of people will quit. And I think that a lot of times, yeah, people do quit. And also, if you just stick with it, like, let's say that you do start a game and you're at a deficit and you're down by whatever. A lot of times, that's fine. You can easily catch up. You've just got to keep playing. Every possession counts, whatever. But some players just don't look at it that way. They get down by, like, 10 points and then they're out. They quit. I do think that the farther that you move up in the leagues, the less that happens. But when you're in the early, earlier leagues, I feel like there's plenty of people who will just quit or like I've played in matches where people will just like clearly not be playing like they won't pass in the ball, but they won't quit either because if they quit, it'll suspend you and you can't research for games. Mm. So they try to make you quit. Or they yeah, they just stop playing, but I don't, I don't care if you want to stop playing. I'll just make the point margin insane. That's fine by me. You want to uh, I'm going to admit something I did. I create I committed a, a gamer sin. What is I it? I did what you I did what you were talking about. I didn't want I had to do something, but I was like and I was in the middle of a 2K game and I was like, I don't want to quit. I don't want to fuck my record up. So I just left the game running and then I came back like 20 minutes later. The guy quit and I got the win. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess that's that's strategy, right? That's something that's you can meta. do. I mean, they got to be patient. They got to wait it out. If it's a waiting game, then all right, fine. That's what I'm saying. I'm patient. When the motherfuckers hit the pause button, I'm like, I'm not quitting. I'll wait till two minutes and tw- and thirty seconds, and then I'll fucking quit and get the dub. Yeah, I agree, man. That game is fun. I gotta. I want to play some more of that. But yeah, th- I've had very good experiences with this one. Yeah, very good experience. Speaking of 2K, uh, Mark did shit on my throat, shit Ooh. down my throat in 2K last week when we streamed it. So be on the lookout for that. And I was yeah, playing as we... the Orlando Magic. Oh, <laughs> you were playing as Ice Tray, but it didn't work. It did not work. It didn't work. I didn't know uh, Jalen Green is fucking Clay Thompson. It's nah, prime Clay Thompson. What you mean, Jalen Green's Jaylen on the Rockets? Sucks. My bad, bro. There's too many Jalen's right now. Jalen Green is on your fantasy team, which is fucking mad disrespectful that you don't even know where he plays. He has to step up his performance for me to recognize him as a player. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. He does. I agree. He's like, you know, he's I'm I'm expecting 20 points out of him. He's fucking giving me 16. What am I going to do with that? Yeah, the league that we're in, you got to be 20 and up. Yeah, unlike Josh Giddy's age preference. Yeah, but in our in our (laughs) in our league, it's got to be you got to have players that are dropping 20 and up. Yeah, definitely. So um, what else have you been playing, Mark? What else do you want to talk about? You've been playing a lot of shit. Obviously, there's been a, a little bit of a hiatus. So we've played a lot of stuff in the interim. Yeah, a little bit. I think if I put everything that I've been playing over the past, you know, couple of weeks, <laughs> it would be a ton of stuff. So I Too just put much. a couple of things here. I try to just keep it as like what's most recent, because mm-hmm. as as you would know, or if you're new here, first of all, welcome. But as you will get to know, Joel likes to do a solid and smart job of focusing on a game at a time or like two or three. I'm not that way. I play like seven games at a time, if not more. So I'm always hopping around. But one thing I was playing yesterday was this free game 
that showed up on PlayStation Store under the new section called <laughs> Interaction Isn't Explicit. So I clicked on it just to like see what it was, and the description was that it's a free game, almost like a survey or a study for you to go through and play, and the game would describe different different design like philosophies that developers use and like how players interact with the world and it's like a third person shooter that you can play around with i looked it up online it's like oh you play it 35 40 minutes enjoy it whatever so i played that and it was pretty interesting i wouldn't say it was like the most detailed thing in the world but it had a pretty cool art style it had good music and while you're going through the different chapters it explains different different theories of interaction so it would talk about like for example in bioshock infinite and one of the opening scenes with the baseball if you know what i'm talking about that's a that's a case of interaction where you think you're having a choice but the game really already has like a preset outcome and no matter what you pick it's going to do that but it's going to so it'll go through the motion of describing that or describing situations and it, it actually names which I didn't know it could do. It actually names these other games. Like it talks about, oh, in The Last of Us, and it'll say The Last of Us. Like in The Last of Us, it'll have a simple crafting system, something that makes you feel like you're in control, but is really just like a one button press. And then it'll show like the menu, similar to Last of Us and how that works. And then it goes over, um, basically it goes through a bunch of different things like that. So I guess I won't spoil each different interaction that it does say. One of the things I did think was funny that I will mention is that while it was going through these different examples and mentioning different games, it comes to a point where it mentions Shadow of the Colossus and it says Shadow of the Colossus is the best game of all time and no game has come close to its design philosophy, which I'm just like, it's funny because like I know this is probably the one person who made this their opinion, but it was just it was like it was cool. But it was interesting too. Like I know that they're definitely like older because even when they're describing it, they're saying that gaming peaked in 2005. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. But it's funny. Maybe 2007, but not five. But it's funny to <laughs> say that while showing examples of other games that are all past 2005. Like it talks about Sekiro, Far Cry, Last of Us, Shadow of the Colossus, Red Dead. But it's like a Red cool, Dead. interesting free game that I like would recommend. It doesn't have a platinum. But you'll get seven, six or seven gold trophies, like out of like an hour. That's fair. And that not everything needs not everything needs to have a platinum. And that isn't why I played it. I want to say first yeah. and foremost. So, so if it did have a platinum, then that would have been what it was. But it didn't. So there was like, I played that. That was a good time. That was interesting. Other things. Nobody saves the world. That was a game that was on PlayStation Plus Essential for the month, and that's from Drinkbox. I really enjoy this game. I think it's really relaxing. I feel like you don't have to think too much because it guides you very easily with these different quests or challenges that as your character, when you gain new abilities, so you can change forms in this, like you'll become a rat or you'll become a guard or an archer or something like that. And they each have different skills and abilities that you can use. But the combat is really simple. It's like top down and it's pretty much just like one of three buttons for a main attack and then special moves. But like really relaxing. I know you played a lot of this on Xbox, you were telling me. Yeah, because it it launched on Game Pass, I believe. Like when it launched, it was available on Game Pass for the first few months, and I I really enjoyed it. It's actually probably the game I spent the most time on my Xbox Series S playing, and it was it was really fun. I've I really love the sound effects, especially of like the the rat where like the little mm. like when he bites. That is so satisfying to me. I thought the art style is really cool. 
like the concept of like being nobody but being everybody i don't know it's it's a i think it's a, a lot more creative than i thought but i mean drinkbox always makes good shit like it was Drinkbox that made this game, correct? Yes. Before I speak out of yeah, time. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, they made this. They made Guacamelee. You know, they they make shit that's really good. So, it's. I hope that you know this game did well enough that they can continue making games because these are the kind of indie games that I like, not like the triple I indie games. Like I like the indie games that have like a little more creative art style. You know, not like a like a Stray. Not that Stray is a bad game, but it's like trying to be triple A in terms of visual presentation. I like the more like old school. We're going to just, you know, make a modern day game, but have like old school game design techniques in it and a nice meshing of two times. Yeah, it reminds me of games from like the late 2000s, like what people would consider as like Xbox Live Arcade games or even like PlayStation Store digital games. It makes me think of that. It makes me think of like when they were downloadable games. Yeah, yeah. games like um, (laughs) like Castle Crashers. It makes me think of. And I did yeah, look at Castle the trophy Crashers. list and there's a trophy that is called Castle Crasher. So I was like, yeah, they're aware of like what, what they're invoking. Yeah, exactly. But that that has been really good. When you mentioned visuals, I didn't actually write it on my list, but I should mention it briefly. I was trying to use my system the other day, but my internet was out. So Spectrum was down here. So I wanted to play something. But when your internet is down, you can only play like certain games that have offline play enabled for them. So one of those games for me was Atomic Heart and I had never played it previously. I only played maybe like 20 or like 30 minutes of it. But since we're mentioning visuals, I did want to say that that game looks really fucking good. And I know that the trophy list probably is not going to work correctly, but I don't really think I care. I think that that's something that I slept on that I definitely am going to want to play now. The voice acting for the main character is very annoying, but I don't think any of the other voice acting is bad. I think it's just the way the main character is written so far. Yeah. Besides that, though, I mean, it it looks awesome. Yeah, and it's obviously heavily inspired by Bioshock. I don't think it obviously met the peaks of Bioshock, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. And as, if you look at it as something because I think everybody looks at it and they're like, oh, is this the new Bioshock kind of shooter? You know, powers, fucking gun, you know, the whole thing. But I think that obviously it's inspired, but don't expect it to be like one of the best games of all time. But you'll have a good time. Yeah, I agree. I think probably one of the big things there is you need a I think you would need a protagonist who's who's either quiet or you need an excellent voiced main character. I think that's really important for a game like that. If you have a character who's like kind of annoying or you don't get into, that's going to take away a lot of the immersion when I feel like a lot of those games are immersion. It takes you out of it. Because this guy just keeps on saying dumb shit all the time. Yeah, so I think, I mean, (laughs) I have to play a lot more of it, obviously, because I don't know where it goes. But comparing anything to Bioshock is always going to be difficult. Um, But it's nice. I do. I mean, I always love the alternate history types of games, right? Like Wolfenstein Mm -hmm. is excellent. I'm sure Atomic Heart is going to be very good. First person action games are fun. So we'll see. I agree that you can't just aim to that and see what I want to know eventually is whenever we get Judas, I want to see how that stacks up. Cause that's, I mean, that's a fucking, that's a Bioshock game. I don't care what anyone says. I don't think it's a Bioshock game, but I definitely does have that expectation, obviously with the, the great auteur Ken Levine behind it. Yeah. But so played some of that and that was good. And then the last game I'll talk about is like a dragon guide in the man who erased his name. This is the, 
kind of like spinoff for the Yakuza series right before we get into uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which comes out later this month, which had an ad with Drewski in it, which was crazy. And Standing on Binna. Standing on Binna. And then so this other one is, I mean, it is really good. I think there's there's not the new fighting style is really interesting right so you have a new fighting style that uses more like gadgets like spy kind of tech while you're fighting the combat is really good really smooth it's got your regular assortment of really fun mini games a good trophy list it looks like the trophy list is not too ridiculous this time around the platinum rate is like 13 percent. so ooh, they're learning i like that which is good because some of the other yakuza games have really good trophy lists the only thing is normally a, if they have a beat the game on Legend difficulty, I know Legend difficulty in Yakuza games is not, in my experience, is not that much fun because all it is is just everything is normal and then the boss fights are fucking insane, which is normally how Yakuza's like, are anyway. I feel like with the Legend difficulty too, there's like, not even the bosses are obviously harder, but there's like certain in- like uh, sequences. Like I know in the first Yakuza, like the when you're driving away and like shooting mm-hmm. the gun, like I heard that like that on legendary is like if you can pass that, you can platinum the game. But the problem is like nobody can fucking get past this shit. Like it's like ridiculously hard. And it's like not it's the old school way of difficulty where it's like we're just going to beef up the enemy's health and damage and lower yours. Yeah. Not like a more like, oh, they, it can like, you know, they dodge or more like smarter AI or anything. So that kind of just makes it harder where it's like you're just, we're just going to make you at a disadvantage. And that's what harder difficulty is yeah i would say that that's that's also prevalent in other new games just maybe games that we're not super into but that definitely still i think is the case but so right so it's a combination of that the legend difficulty trophy and then a lot of the older ones require you to like oh 100 the completion list which <laughs> is insane because the completion list in those games is normally a series of challenges but it might be as simple as like play five arcade games but it also might be as difficult as being like get the top max score on every arcade game which is actually really difficult so on those older games the platinum percentage is extremely low but it looks like on the newer one it's higher which i appreciate and hopefully that means there's not missable stuff because the older ones have missable stuff too yeah but you know always a good time to go back to like a dragon yakuza whatever you want to call it yeah and i guess i don't don't play them the first time around for trophies but I am really enjoying it. I would highly recommend it. There is something I really want to talk about, and it's specifically it's side content, but Joel hasn't seen it yet, so I want him to see it before I mention it. But if anyone is listening that has played it, you probably already know what I'm talking about because I played many of the series already, and I saw this thing, and I immediately had like a reaction to it. I was like, oh, okay. So it's a dude in the diaper. He comes back again. Mr. Libido? He has a name. Mr. Libido, I'm sorry. No, it's I not. I mean to disrespect him. It's not Mr. Libido. Don't worry. I want. I, I the best way for the Yakuza series to end is that Mr. Libido kills both protagonists. That's how I hope the new game ends. I want to play Infinite Wealth. I'm excited to play that. So Infinite Wealth, little side tangent here. It, you're gonna play as Kiri, right? So that's gonna be normal Yakuza combat, right? No, you're playing as Ichiban, and Kiryu is uh... in it. Kiryu is gonna be a member in the party. Hmm. Mm. What's well, the sequel to? It's it's a sequel to like a dragon. Yeah. To. But I thought it would be cool if they did like you play as two different people and they play completely different all within the same game. I think that would have been like that would have been some cool next level shit. From what I'm I, saying that this is a bad idea. From what but. I understand, 
it is still turn-based combat and Kiryu can be a member of your party. However, they're probably viewing it also like if you want those other just free-form styles of combat, you had like a dragon Gaiden, this one that I'm playing, and then you also had Ishii in the samurai one, which you could play, which also is that free like form combat. That is very true. That is very true. What about um, you? What yeah, have I you can... been playing? I'm just going to go over. I was just pulling up my PlayStation trophy list. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, I did play and beat in our little break here. Just play it again. If you haven't played it, play it. It's definitely worth it. Runs at 60 frames on PS5. Fucking perfect. Story always hits. Shit is so sad. And if you played Red Dead Redemption 2, this game, it, like, it. Red Dead Redemption 2 did exactly what a prequel does. It makes the original one better. So I, I would always recommend go back to that. It's a good port. And then, obviously, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I, I should quickly mention that I'm also now at 98 Platinums. Over the break, oh, I wow. platinumed Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Twisted Metal 2, and I'm also at 91% on Assassin's Creed 2. Well, look at this guy. Full circle with Ask Creed, which is amazing. I mean, honestly, the thing is, is that at this point, I'm not saying that nothing new comes out, because yes, there are still new games. But now that we have gotten to a point where there are so many like sequels and remakes, I do genuinely feel like my my catalog or or, like backlog has gone down. So now I'm going to play something old because it's like, oh, well, it's still something that I've never experienced. Whereas if I was just playing what's released again, I'd be playing the same games over and over again, but they would just like look a little nicer. Yeah, now we're getting to the point where the games that are being remastered are games that we played originally, which makes me feel old. Yeah, but then, yeah, I mean, that I think that, yeah, I agree with the feeling old, but then sometimes I will look at it and be like, oh, yeah, it was a while. But that that doesn't really change still. Like, if you've played it, then you're going to want to play something new. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt with Red Dead. It was like probably, probably like maybe like, you know, seven or eight years since I played it originally. So I was like, yeah, let me play through this whole thing again. My like definitive Red Dead experience, like when I played it, I didn't do like all the side shit. I made sure I did all Strangers task and all the hideouts and stuff and it was a grand old time but uh what else i've been playing has also been star wars jedi survivor started that up it's finally running well on consoles so i would recommend playing that as well too if you're waiting on that to get better but uh that's a fun game it's kind of i think there's gonna be a back burner game that i slowly get through throughout the years throughout this year because it's just it's really long and there's already a lot of content. I can already see like where it's like this is going to be a game that's going to take me like probably 50 hours to complete it the way I want to with doing all side shit and stuff like that. And then another game, which I'm surprised you didn't bring up, was the finals, which mm-hmm. we also have been playing. And we finally cracked the code and got good at it at the end. We were getting our teeth kicked in for a while, but then we had a little streak. I think we ended at like four out of five wins. And we broke through the seal and we, f- we figured out the meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to be using the medium build class and I need to have the defibrillators on. So I think, yeah, what works best for me is the turret, the AKM, the defibrillator, and then the other two pieces of gear are not super important, but those are the things that made the biggest difference. And we've also been playing with no third because the thirds we've got have been trashed. I did want to mention that my brother did bring up the finals earlier today, so he said that he is interested. He is interested in playing now, which I'm like, if we had three, then we're set. The thing is, is exactly, yeah. So the medium has been working for me. You switched to light, correct? That was what was working for you? Light with the machine pistol? Fucking nasty. Mm -hmm. 
and the grapple hook. I love the mobility of just like being able to just get around people. One thing I've noticed, yeah, with the light is that you basically got to play it like Spider-Man and just fucking be like all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. There's been, there was that one sick time too where I like the grappled hook right to you, healed you, and you're like, oh shit, that was kind of nice. I was like, yeah, I'm getting getting good with it. Yeah, the finals is great. I think it's it's really good. I, I saw on the you know on the title cards when you start up your PlayStation like the what's new. I saw something about mm-hmm. the finals introducing a solos mode, but I don't know exactly what that is. I just saw that on one of the card cards. Oh, huh, maybe like a free for all mode or something like that. Yeah, maybe. But the finals is very good. The finals will also come up later in the show. Well, I guess we might as really? well just bring this up now. So the, what I'm talking about here is we might as well just talk about it while we're already here is future Battlefield games or the future Battlefield game is aiming for, in quotes, the most realistic destruction effects in the industry. This comes from a job posting looking for like a VFX artist for the new Battlefield game. Really, mm-hmm. the only reason why I wanted to bring this up, us here at like Gopher Bronze, we're not traditionally Battlefield-like fans. We're not haters of it either. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we've been playing the finals and we've been enjoying that a lot. And now they're coming up with like, oh, we want to do more like destruction. I know they've always done destruction, but I think the finals does it in a very impressive way. And from what I understand, which I didn't know before reading these articles, is that the finals does have members who used to work on Battlefield. That checks out. So it honestly feels like a fusion of like Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty, Halo and Battlefield. Like it has like elements, I think, from all of them. And it like creates its own kind of uh path for itself with being different Mm -hmm. but i mean yeah destruction and i didn't realize how fun destruction could be i am with battlefield games marks that were not haters but for me i always thought of it a little bit as a gimmick it may sound like a hater to the battlefield diehards out there but i feel like it was you know like the levolution i don't know if you remember that when i was like oh we fucking sent a tornado in the middle of the Mm. thing and it's like those things felt a little scripted to me whereas the finals I think it only has like four maps, maybe five, not a lot of maps, but every time you, you never get bored with the maps. Cause like they literally look different at the end of every round. Like sometimes they have meteor showers and like everything is fucking flattened and all fucked up. So I think if battlefield can obviously do that, they have a triple a budget as well. And like do it correctly. They can, they can, uh, you know, I think take a good chunk of, especially from call of duty. I, I don't mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but the season one reload, I've been hearing everybody saying that it's complete ass and basically broke Warzone. Yeah, so I, we, I mean, so, I didn't have it in the show notes, but yeah, we can definitely talk about it. From what I understand, something that the season one reloaded update added was in in Warzone, they added a way to gain cash and almost like purchase an exfil, so you don't have to play until you're just the last person standing. But they also added weapon cases similar to DMZ. So I think people were frustrated because they're adding things that are similar to DMZ into Warzone when it should be separate. I don't know if they're going to change that and switch it out. To be honest, I really haven't been playing Call of Duty as of lately. Nothing in the zombies mode has interested me or really Warzone. I mean, if people want to get on and play it, I will still play it for sure. But on my own, there hasn't really been much. I also know that I think ranked play was supposed to, they said it was supposed to come out with season one reloaded, but now it's like later than that. So I think that the call of duty community as surprising as this may sound and i know a lot of people have been have been saying this for a long time saying oh it's always the same it's always the same yeah sure but a lot of the people that were saying those are like 
probably just like outsiders yeah just hate not really people playing i think that that is true to a certain extent but i also think that call of duty players didn't care for the most part i do think it's hitting a point now where people are burning out really fast because it actually is like same stuff from older games just repurposed to be new so Mm -hmm. i don't is there stuff that you heard outside of the things i just mentioned about the new update that are kicking people out no, but I just I mean, I saw that that was a I saw that on IG and also I know you mentioned it beforehand, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just saying that for Battlefield, the same thing we said about Exo. Fail Exfil? What is the Ubisoft one? Fuck, I completely Ex-de- forgot. What it's it okay. It's fine. Here's the thing. X Defiant. Here's the thing with X Defiant. That's not your fault or anyone else's fault. We talked about this before. Their issue is that in early October, they said that the game was going to be coming out later that month. They said, and it seemed like a good move at the time to be transparent and say, hey, well, we didn't pass a certification process on the back end from like Sony to come out. So we're going to wait. The thing is, is now we're in the middle towards the back half of January into 2024. Also, Happy New Year. But now that we're here, that game is just sitting with no real like updates. So people are going to forget about it, especially with now the finals being another great first person shooter that's like on the market to play. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is that there's a lot of interesting multiplayer options that I think Call of Duty Call of Duty's picking a bad time to fuck up, basically what I'm trying to get at. Because, you know, we got finals coming out. I'm excited about Foam Stars, which I know is also we're going to talk about later, too. That's, you know, launching on PlayStation Plus. And I really enjoyed the beta. And I think that's going to be another fantastic game where it's like there's enough multiplayer options where it's like I don't need Call of Duty to just play that only. I know we also played it briefly. We started playing Baldur's Gate 3 co-op. So there's games out there that I think are uh, that are going to be more interesting and are bringing something new you know we were talking about how call of duty is feeling you know actually feel like fatigue where it's like it's literally just old stuff you're giving me old maps old weapons and our new our new weapons in quotes but just because you didn't want to pay for the licensing fee it's the fucking same exact m4 but now it's like a 1934 m4 you know some dumb number shit mm-hmm so I just I just think that Call of Duty in the first time in a long time, I think, is, you know, it's it's losing it's losing its luster. And I mean, it even it even lost the throne for the best selling game of last year. Yeah, it did. So well, let's break that into two parts. Number one, Foam Stars will be launching on plus next month, but it will mm-hmm. be available for. It will be available. So from what I understand, it'll be available on PlayStation Plus Extra for that month. But later it will be able to be purchased for $30. Okay, that's 30 is not bad, which I think I will double check right now to see if they have a time frame. But there were other games that were similar to this. If you think of like Stray, Chia, I don't know if Teardown is off of the service yet, but there are games that have launched with the service. And then after a period of Sea of Starves, after a period of time, they get off of the service and then you have to buy them. Normally, it's around a year, like a year. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's usually a year. I feel like Stray was off after a year. So maybe Chia, we see if it it doesn't if it's off in like March, then I think that's probably what they're that's like the deal that PlayStation is setting up with them, which honestly. By the time that year rolls around for Foam Stars, it probably you probably just get it for on sale for like 10 bucks or something like that, or they may just make it free to play. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot with multiplayer games where it's like they have you pay for it initially and then like eventually they'll be like, let's go free to play. That's usually a negative sign. So I hope that doesn't happen with Foam Stars, but I think that I think it's going to be a big hit. 
I think it's a fun ass game. I remember playing the beta and really enjoying it. And I think it is different enough from Splatoon. I know everybody keeps on. I think even the the CEO of the company was like, "Stop fucking comparing us to Splatoon." Mm-hmm. It, obviously, it looks familiar with like the covering of the ground, but I think the gameplay is very different from Splatoon. It's more like about knocking out the players as opposed to Splatoon's about covering the map. Yeah, so it has kind of two objectives. I agree. I do think it's different. So just to make sure that we have the right details here, Foam Stars will be available as one of the PlayStation Plus essential games for February. Ooh, so, so we got it forever. So when February comes and these games are ready for you to access, remember, as long as you're a PlayStation Plus essential or higher subscriber, I mean, you have to be. It's the base tier. You go in and you can add these to your library. And then as long as you have a valid subscription, you can always have these games in your library and redownload them. And as just something as like a topic that can come up from time to time, if for some reason your PlayStation Plus subscription does end and you come back to it, you still have those games. So even if it laps, it's not like those disappear. But it will be available for you to add to your library until March 5th, after which the game will cost $30 sweet so we don't even ever have to pay for it no as long yeah as long as you're a subscribing member during february until early march and you add it to your library you're set if not then you will have to purchase it for 30 dollars. but they also mentioned this being a smart move because if you launch a multiplayer game on essential you're going to get a much larger install base which is true that's very smart i mean I remember I'm pretty sure Fall Guys launched on Essential, Rocket League also. Rocket League. So it ha- I mean it's not every game it's going to work with, but it is always going to give you a bigger install base and like for example, Destruction All-Stars also launched that way. That just wasn't a great game so it fizzled out. From my experience and I know Joel had a similar experience with Foam Stars in its beta, I thought it was very fun. And we didn't even get to play it together. I feel like once we play it together it's going to be fun as fuck. Yeah, I agree. Cuz then we can actually strategize about how to like I'm I'm excited about Foam Stars. I'm excited about, you know, I mean, this is this is a new new leaf, new year, new me. I'm excited about multiplayer games this year. I've been a little more active with the multiplayer, so getting back. Yeah, I mean, I love multiplayer games. That's if you if you're back, great. That's just more people to play with. I think that what's nice now though is that it'll be there'll be a lot of diversity in the multiplayer games where it isn't just like, oh, Call of Duty and occasionally a different one. Now, since that's just like kind of been dethroned there, it's mostly focusing on these other experiences, which is good. And I do think that I think that that will continue to be the case as studios like to go for live service elements in multiplayer games. My sweet spot is not the big giant AAA studios that we know doing that, but more the studios that like we don't know or that is their bread and butter. That way we have both. We have our single player giant experiences whatever but then we also have these like middle tier i think these middle tier by the way like multiplayer games are the best ones because they just develop something really fun to play as a match and then you can play it for however long you want i don't like the idea of bigger live service games being developed like the whole thing is just to keep you trapped like they're not like matches that you come in and enjoy for a night they're like their whole thing is to try to keep you held yeah, like the like you're saying, like the mid tier, like the single A or double A multiplayer mm-hmm. level games. Those games, I feel like, focus on mechanics. I agree. They want to make the game. They the reason they want you to keep on playing the game is because it plays well. It's fun. The triple A games, which it makes sense. You're spending three hundred million dollars to make a fucking game. You need to make money. So the first thing that they're not the first thing, maybe necessarily, but the second or third thing on the list is monetization. Where I don't really feel that in the finals. 
Like, I don't feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I'm not spending money. Whereas in other games, you clearly do feel like at a disadvantage if you're not spending money. Yeah, that's that's true and well said. I agree. I don't feel at a disadvantage playing those games either, even though for a small period of time I was complaining in the finals because I wasn't winning because they introduced like skill based matchmaking. But that's, you know, that's like a tough topic because it's always difficult to know how that actually is factoring into what you're doing in the games. And so you can always the finals is a hard game to solo. It is. It is a hard game to solo. That's true. So, yeah, even if and I will say it might not be the case for everyone. But in my experience, and I would say both of our experience, especially when we've been in parties together, the randoms that we've gotten have been actually fucking brain dead. Yeah, no, it's it is sad. What the few times that we actually won were like we had randoms that like just played the game played the objective mm-hmm. and like weren't just head asses like because sometimes we would die and we'll spectate them and it's like this guy literally doesn't even know how to fucking move in the game yeah. which the movement is the movement's a little intense in the final so it's definitely like you know if you've just been playing like only call of duty it's a little bit of an adjustment the movement is like almost a little like apex ish yeah with the speed especially with the light character i agree also if you have any game where reviving is an aspect then that's like a lot of people i feel like that's the first thing that if you're not decent or playing objectives the first thing that you notice is people don't revive or like don't even care about that system when that's such an important thing especially in the finals when you're penalized so heavily for your whole team dying because which i love that too because it's such an advantage when you wipe a team yeah so when the whole team dies by so the way that the finals works by the way for that is when you die. I was going to say when you pass away, but that's such a weird way of saying dying in a when game. When you pass away into the afterlife. Yeah, when you die, you drop like a little like totem or a little trophy looking thing of yourself and a player can pick it up and move it or they can just revive you on the spot. Or if they have defibrillators, they can do it instantly. The thing is, when you die, though, you have to wait like 20 seconds before you respawn yourself. Or if the whole team dies, then everyone has to wait for that like 15 to 20 seconds, which will kind of like reset that timer when everyone dies so having the defibrillators for me is really important to just like keep people alive also so that timer doesn't happen and then we all get penalized for it yeah and also shout out to the third that we actually had that was playing uh the medium class but actually healing mm. oh my god that is such a fucking clutch move incredible playing so, the yeah. game playing the game playing the game as it's supposed to be i know that but uh but yeah I know that people who play Overwatch will know that pain of like players not playing their role kind of that is mm-hmm. that's similar to I don't think that in the finals the each class has as specific of a role as they do in Overwatch but I do think that still like it matters it matters and it's more blended right like it's like if you're a medium you're going to have more things that can work to be a healer but everyone can heal everyone can be reviving but it those things do add up and make a difference it is a tough game to like solo, man. I mean, I mean, we're obviously not going to experience it now as we know. I don't know if we spoke about it last time, but the Last of Us Factions online game has been officially canceled, which sucks. But the reason why I bring that up was because, boy, I used to fucking carry teams back in the day <laughs> on Last of Us Factions. Are you kidding me? I didn't need any help. I don't care. Fucking stay dead. I'll take on the whole team. You can't really do that in the finals, but man, Last of Us multiplayer. You can't do that. You can't do that when you're 26. Yeah, your, your Twitch, is, your reflex ain't there anymore. I don't know if that's the case. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if that actually has anything to do with it. I do think, though. Speaking about age, though, did you see there was like a 13 year old kid who like hit the Tetris kill 
screen. Like he was the first person to ever actually beat Tetris, like to hit a score yeah, I high that. enough. I, I didn't even was, know that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing either. But there's a story of, yeah, this this young kid who beat the whole game, hit the kill screen. And then I also saw it because some some like newscaster or some lady was saying like, oh, you know, you should be like doing like, why are you proud of doing something like that? And you're like, yeah, fuck off, lady. Like, yeah, what are you doing? You're fucking yeah. reporting on local news. Are you living your dream? You fucking, you know, oh, let's, relax. Whoa, whoa. let's relax. Let's relax. Let's go ahead and take a step let's back. Relax. Let's return. Let's let's return back to, to the, the news. Series. This is a this is a new show. We're living our dreams. Yes. All right. This is a welcome one, welcome all. This is a, a news related and what we're playing and whatever else that is germane to PlayStation. Not, I mean, not just PlayStation. All right, we'll talk about anything that's relevant going on in the gaming world. But this is a PlayStation centric show. But getting into the news, the first thing which you kind of talked about a little bit already, but I'll go into a little bit more detail of is Hogwarts Legacy is the first non Call of Duty or Rockstar game to top u.s sales in 15 years this specific article comes by way of video games chronicle and basically this is the game that topped in u.s dollar sales amounts so it might not necessarily be in units but it is for dollar sales the game that sold the most they did have a chart which showed 20 games i won't name all of them but the this being the first non-call of duty or rockstar game to top in 15 years if you're curious what that last game was 15 years ago was rock band back in 2008 fuck I wanted to guess. <laughs> Which makes sense, too, if you think about your buy-in of that is probably buying the whole fucking kit. And so that's going to be more it expensive. Yeah, yeah, that ups the average price of it's like fucking $400 for the whole thing. Not to mention, I mean, obviously, it was just like really big back then. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. and the bundles, those big expensive ones, I think I had. And for anyone who doesn't know, I'm the resident like guitar hero rock band slut. So I had... I remember Guitar Hero 3, I got with the guitar in the game. Rock Band 2, I got with the whole ass bundle with every instrument. Guitar Hero World Tour, I got with the whole ass bundle, every instrument. Guitar Hero 5, I got with the with the guitar. And then I think that was... Those were when I got the instruments, like, bundled in. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I had two of the big-ass, like, big boxes that came with the drum sets and everything. Those boxes were iconic. Those were fun. Fucking seeing those in the store. I still have the one that I still have here. Well, I have my Rock Band two guitar, but I don't really use it. I do have a Rock Band or uh, my Guitar Hero five guitar is the one that I have like stickers all on. And if you see me streaming, that's the one I would be using. That one's fucking held up over the years. I mean, it still works great. Yeah, wasn't there like an issue where like people were having their guitars like slowly deteriorate or some shit? Yeah, and like they cost a lot now and like after like eBay and shit to get the whole set. Yeah, they definitely do. And there's certain ones that are better than the other ones. Yeah, there's certain ones that stay working much longer than others. Right. So back to this list, which I don't I will say why I don't think this list is super accurate in a second. But so to start off, this is supposed to be tracking the. This is tracking the top 20 games of 2023 on dollar sales. and th- So just revenue. Just on revenue. And this is going to be on the Nintendo eShop, PlayStation, Steam, and Xbox, both for physical and digital sales combined. Number one okay. is Hogwarts Legacy. Number two, and I won't say the numbers because you'll just, I mean, you can count, or I hope you can count if you're listening. Hogwarts Legacy, Modern Warfare 3, Madden, NFL 24, Spider-Man 2, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4, Modern Warfare 2, which I think is insane that that's that high on its second year, Mortal Kombat 1 at 9, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, 
uh, EA Sports Football Club, Starfield, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Resident Evil 4, which is very high for a horror game, which I love, MLB The Show 23, Dead Island 2, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Elden Ring, Mario Kart 8, and Minecraft. Do you notice anything weird on here? No Dead Space. No Dead Space, no Baldur's Gate, and no 2K24. There's no way that those games are not on the top 20, so I think that some of this data has to just, of course, like not be including those. Does it count? It counts digital sales, you said, it right? It does count digital sales, but 2K24 <laughs> is not on here, and Baldur's Gate... Baldur's Gate is not crazy because it's a one-time purchase. It's very niche. It sold well, but for its genre. I don't... Yeah, I guess that's true. I feel like... I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 had to sell better than Street Fighter 6, though. But it's off of revenue, so there's more extra shit to buy in Street Fighter 6. I see what you're saying. So that's what I'm saying, whereas Baldur's Gate is a one-time purchase. Those other games have multiple... That's why 2K24 not being on there is complete bullshit. Yeah, that's surprising. Because even on on like single purchases alone would be surprising. Which is pretty impressive. Resident Evil 4 got up there for... Because like you said, horror game. And then also, it's like... I mean, it's a one-time purchase, and then like there's a $10 fucking Ada Wong shit. So that's that's impressive alone for that but i mean yeah overall that list sounds fairly accurate i mean hogwarts legacy was obviously a huge huge fucking game and obviously had like the weird you know controversy surrounding jk and all that but i i feel like that honestly kind of bolstered it and gave it more juice i feel like if it didn't have that not that it wouldn't have been as successful but it would it would have tampered off a little bit Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I was burping there. But yeah, no, I over I agree. The that's just like that thing where like a lot of people are talking about it. So that's also free promotion in some sense. Mm-hmm. I always thought the game would sell well just because Harry Potter in general is huge. It's a game that I only played maybe an hour or two of and I did think was good, but I just haven't really returned to it. But I'm also not a resident like Harry Potter fan. I don't like hate yeah. or dislike it. I just don't I don't really have any I guess I'm I'm pretty neutral on it is just the best way of saying it. I feel like the one thing that I always think anytime I experience anything Harry Potter is the music is really good. But besides mm-hmm. that, I just like the other stuff is maybe not for me the most. But hey, honestly, I'm happy for Avalanche. I've always liked Avalanche Studios. So I think that the, Mad Max. Yeah, I, I mean, Mad Max fucking awesome. But I also love Mad Max as an IP. That's like one mm-hmm. of those games that looking back at it, I'm so fucking happy that it just like exists. I think I'm mm-hmm. going to feel similarly with RoboCop. I know we haven't played it yet, but I've only heard like awesome things about it. And I love it when IP like that gets treated well. That's like, no, you know, it's not like the hottest IP, but there are going to be people that really like it. So I'm, I'm excited. I thought, yeah, Mad Max was awesome. Mm. I think I love the car combat. Everything about it was really, really cool. And with RoboCop, even though I did purchase it, I never wa- I never watched RoboCops, but I want to watch the movie before I play it because I want to I feel like I'll enjoy it more. And the same thing with Hogwarts Legacy. I think I will go back to it and complete it. But I think I need to I need to become a fan of the of the series first. I need to watch the movies and get into it a little bit more. And then that will make me enjoy the game more. Mm. Yeah. And I and, and same same with RoboCop. But I think RoboCop's only one movie, so I can do that quicker there are more than one but there's only one like really good great one but i've had a i think the first one's the only one that matters right correct yeah okay i i have a lot of robocop experience from mortal kombat 11 because he was a guest fighter 
Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot. And he about was good. That. He was pretty badass. In yeah, that, right? he was fucking good in that. I loved RoboCop in that. I love when they do like the spinoff fighters. We'll see. I mean, in in the new one, Omni Man has been out and he's been really cool. We'll see how Homelander is later. But yeah, RoboCop was sick in the last Mortal Kombat. And yeah, Mortal Kombat on this list being at number nine that makes sense i feel like it's traditionally like a pretty high selling game i don't think anything on that list is too surprising in terms of what's on there i guess i was just a little bit surprised that Baldur's gate wasn't on there also probably not that surprising alan wake 2 was not on there but i don't think that that maybe sold like the best i really want to get back to that game at some point it was just i know that you also finished it i loved it i planned it yeah so uh, speaking of polished it off speaking about platinums too while we were talking about mad max that was a brutal one where i finished the game did everything on the map and then wanted to get the platinum and i was at 80 <laughs> percent. but it's one of those games where if you clear out all of the outposts they don't respawn so one of the trophies yeah. is to do like a challenge list which has like different ways of eliminating enemies and different vehicular combat milestones but if nobody is roaming the map anymore the only way to do those would be to restart the game so i was like there's no way because that game was pretty long too especially clearing the mouse and stuff there was a lot of activities to do i did some research in the baldur's gate 3 so in this ign article it says uh a conspicuous conspicuous absent is dungeons and dragons role-playing game baldur's gate 3 which is surely one of the best-selling games of the year after its phenomenal success going on sale in August. Developer Larian does not share sales data with the company. It's a C-I-R-C-A-N, Circle Cana, Sakana. Gotcha. But if it did, Baldur's Gate would have likely appeared in the top five. Okay. So that's why Baldur's Gate 3 is not there. And also, it's shocking that fucking Legend of Zelda also one-time purchase at number five. Tears of that's, the Kingdom! That's also 70. That's, first Nintendo 70 bomb. First Nintendo 70 bomb, which, I mean, it's fine. Everybody's going to get there eventually. Dude, actually, I'm going to go ahead and uh, out one of my one of my uh, family members, Liz's, uh, what is it, nephew would be, okay. right, I think? <laughs> so anyway, we were at a family thing. One of her sister's kids. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were there and uh, one of the kids is getting really into video games, which is sweet. I love to see this like growth into this and see what games he likes and what he's going to interact with. Are you making with. him a Sony pony? Are you teaching him their ways? I, I think content restriction wise and pricing wise right now he's on Nintendo because Nintendo is a little bit cheaper to get in for the parents to buy. Yeah. And then also for content, I there you can't like you're not going to go on the store on Nintendo and see anything crazy. You could end up playing some crazy I mean, shit on PlayStation. See, you could you could see crazy shit. Nintendo's more lax with the weird like hentai games okay, th- than PlayStation is. Well, in terms of buying games, I guess, or like what they would want. Cuz I think that those kind of games, I don't think kids Actually, you know, what? I wouldn't know, but I my assumption would be that kids don't even know about those games. Like I don't think a kid is going onto the PlayStation store and cataloging every fucking game like me and you are like psychopaths being like who let this developer on there i think they're just like they're gonna play whatever's on the front page probably and enjoy that that's true and if not you can write in and curse us out that's fine but you shouldn't be writing in without your parental supervision or cursing us out now exactly they what's uh, i also like is whenever i go over the kid gets like excited for me to come over to like show me what he's playing or like if he needs help with any games whatever all this to say Mm -hmm. he's playing tears of the kingdom on his nintendo switch oled which is very nice and nice He's playing that and he had some questions, you know, like where does he do certain things? Where does he get certain items? 
and I was playing Super Mario RPG, which is great on my on my Switch. He was watching me play that, and then he was like, "Here, if you want to play like my Tears of the Kingdom, since you don't have it, you can play it for a little bit. Like I like I'll watch." So like, yeah, sure. And then he was like, "I was playing it, and he was watching. I was like doing a boss fight from like midway or later in the game." And then he was saying that he never played Breath of the Wild before, and so I was like, "Oh well, I have that here. You can you can start it." He starts playing it. And then he's asking me, he's like, well, does it have like a scary cutscene like the other one? And I was like, I don't remember. What do you mean? He was like, you know, at the beginning, it was like really scary. And then I asked the mom and I was like, I don't what is he talking about? And she was like, yeah, like in the beginning of Tears of the Kingdom, when like the mummy is like fighting Link and Zelda, it was terrifying. I was like, what? No, it's fine. And it made me think of, did you ever play Ocarina of Time and experience the mummies in that one? No, the mummies. I, I never had an N sixty four. N sixty four is the only Nintendo console that I have no real ties to. The mummies in that one were crazy. They were like very creepy, and the way that they would attack you is they would like wrap their whole body around you and they would suffocate you. Yeah, that's 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 intense. It's really the intense. Only game... And you had to shake your analog stick to like get them off. Oh fuck! Yeah, the only game I remember truly being scared of as a kid was Bioshock when it came out. And when you first, you know, go in the bathosphere and the splicers like fucking fucking up the whole thing, trying to get to you. And then you got to walk out. I remember being like, yeah, I'm not going to. I mean, I was like the first time I did that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to just turn this game off and then I'll come back to this later. Yeah, I was like trying to play it at night with the lights off. And then I also remember Dead Space was pretty scary for me the first time around, too. I feel like outside of those two, I don't think I ever had a game that I was like, oh, fuck this. I mean, The Last of Us has its moments, too but that's more suspenseful and like pressure if you're like there's all the clickers and shit yeah yeah that's stressful i agree in terms of actually scary i think the two games i would say is i would say outlast is definitely one of them the other one that i would say is i don't know again my faith in konami so we'll see how it comes up but silent hill 2 fucking silent hill 2 is a terrifying game even playing i played it in like 2018 or 19 and i was playing the ps2 version and i was still like oh this shit is scary to play it's insane like i know you and everyone else has heard it all over the fucking internet but that game is so good at creating like tension and the situations that you're in are so fucking weird and i hope that remake is excellent but that game is also terrifying but the real reason why i brought that story up with the kid is because he started playing breath of the wild and then he started to beg his parents if he could have breath of the wild and when he did that (laughs) they were like oh well we just got tears of the kingdom when you finish everything in that then we can oh. we can get you the new one. His response, I already did everything there is to do in Tears of the Kingdom. He had three hearts. He was like barely off like the fucking <laughs> first island. But I, it was crazy to see that. And when I saw that, I was like, damn, I wonder if that was fucking me being like, I already did everything in all these other 60 games to buy me this new one. I felt like that when I played Super Mario World. Obviously, I didn't. I, when you do the first thing, I was like, I beat the game. And then I was like, what the fuck? There's other places you got to go to. And I was like, holy shit, this game's like forever. So I remember kind of thinking like that a little bit as a kid and not fully understanding how deep or how long a game can be. Hey, yo, pause. Yeah, the game that That's I thought crazy. I beat him and I was like, oh, my God, fucking Last of Us 2. Get out of here. Oh Seeing my that, gosh! Well, you're gonna get to play it again in PS5. I mean, I'm excited to play the the roguelike mode that they're adding. Interested to see the lost levels, and then there was obviously the semi-controversial thing that me and Joel were talking about off microphone, which was the fact that it, like you, it'll auto pop another platinum. 
oh, which is yeah, just something yeah, yeah. that games do. I was saying that it's I agree. We think that you should have the option to turn that off or just not have it be a case. The thing that's tough is like a game like this. I left off. I platinumed Last of Us Two on PS4, but I was in the middle of a playthrough with like on permadeath mode where i was mostly throughout the game it's a it's the permadeath setting where it resets you per chapter so like i am probably going to transfer that save over and the platinum will probably pop but like that's not why i'm doing it but that's where me and joel were saying like it's tough because it's like you're not giving people a choice if they want that platinum popped or not but i don't know it's just weird i do think that will only be an issue though for this generation i don't think that that will happen on the next generation I feel like I don't I guess I don't know. I I guess part of me feels like that won't be the case, but then there is another part where I'm like I guess it might be a similar situation though where they just hold on to PS5 director cuts. I don't you know, yeah. they might do some crazy shit like that. So, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. Obviously, the show we do is called Go for Bronze. We care about trophies. It's a very niche kind of topic, but I just hate I just hate the devaluing of platinums we saw it happen in the ps4 era with all the cheap platinum games coming awry and now in this generation it seems to be like the easy you can just get two for one yeah i i think i think that it's not it's not the best obviously i think i don't have that strong of feeling against it because i do think that while it wasn't an auto pop situation People have been doing the fucking I'm going to get the PS3 and the Vita version and the PS4 trophy for a long time, like doubling up on Platinums. So I don't because of that, it doesn't seem that crazy. My biggest thing, which I definitely. But you would still have to re-earn. No, them. I know there wasn't. I, so I don't have an issue if you can re-earn them. My issue is that on PS5 generation, it just seems it's like a lot of auto pops. Yeah, no, no, no that's fair. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think what I was going to say is that I think the biggest issue is like the shit worthless dollar fucking jumping sushi games those are yeah that's worse than i think that's the biggest problem then another thing also is these games that are like uh like gran turismo is a good example of something that like it syncs all of your data to the online server so you have no choice you can't yeah i'm fucking i will never get the platinum well and (laughs) even outside of the trophies a game like that you can't even restart which i'm sure people have heard me complain about time and time again the fact that you can't even restart a game that you bought is the craziest shit to me like it's the craziest <laughs> shit ever. Like I own oh, own it, right? Which is a whole nother topic. To, oh. Oh, it's a whole nother topic to talk <laughs> about because it's like, do we really own it? Which I guess this isn't something we have in the show notes, but we might as well talk about it. Is this is something that a Ubisoft exec was talking about, not about restarting games, but specifically saying that he was saying that people need to be comfortable like not owning their games for subscription services to flourish, which is weird because Digital ownership of these games is already a strange thing in the sense that you don't really own anything. I mean, you own the console, but you're really just paying for the idea that this will go like you're paying for access. Yeah, you're not paying for the you don't own any of your digital games, but it's also like it's I I think it's it's a theory where it's like people obviously, you know, it's annoying that you don't own your games, but I mean, if the fucking, if you, if the PlayStation store is not working, you got bigger issues than like the fucking, then not than that, you know, like the EMP went off and it's fucking, you're like, I need my hard disc so I can play last of us part two while the fucking world war seven is going on in the background. You know, I don't necessarily think that that's the most important thing to be focusing on, but, it's it's getting touch and go though. You know, we had the weird uh 
Discovery Warner Brothers thing where a lot of content was pulled off and then they retroactively flipped the switch and put it back on, I think. So and then we I mean we've seen it with PT. I think PT is the most memorable one where it's even that's a scary one because even if you had downloaded it, you can't even re-download it. Like it like the only way to play PT is if you just kept it downloaded. Mm-hmm. In the past, if it's like you purchased it and it went off the store, you can still download it because you still like you know own it in quotes. But now the, now it's getting kind of scary where it's like they're just taking away shit that you straight up purchased and like you can't use it. By the way, back to the topic of if an EMP goes off or if it's like the end of the world shit, best believe Mm -hmm. I'm fucking taking the hard drive and SSDs out of my consoles and wearing that shit on my necklace like dog tags. That shit will never leave me. Oh, but you got to get the PS2 card. You got to get everything. You got to get PS2 cards and like have it. Oh, that'd be fire. That's crazy. You're building like a whole armor vest of memory. That's tough. And you got to have the fucking the games be like the bulletproof case. That's insane. What back then the manuals were actually thick enough that you could do that. You just get a few GTA's or Elder Scroll games. Those manuals would be thick enough to be fucking bulletproof. I'll be walking around with a guitar case like I'm fucking Desperado, but it's just a Guitar Hero guitar inside. I just have like the Elder Scrolls fucking map from Skyrim just on my back. I miss that. Remember how good that map was? How like the quality of that paper? Oh, my God. Yeah, games, shit like that. Game, was awesome. Gaming really did peak in 2005, dude. That guy was right. That was 2011. Scrim. I know, but I'm. I'm it's called a. It's called a callback. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I guess that's true. Damn. I mean, even I mean, Bethesda's gone, gone on to do much better things, right? Like Starfield, which Joel <laughs> has been very gracious in lending me his Xbox Series S to play Starfield, which he purchased, which is great for unlimited access because he owns it. He owns that digital I copy. Own it. I turned it on and I never played it. In fact, I actually turned on the one time I did turn on the Xbox. I turned it on while something was downloading on my PlayStation. And once I got the notification, it was ready. I turned the Xbox off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, hey, but you know, they got a showcase. They look like they're doing good. You got Hellblade, Indiana Jones. They, you know, they're doing things. They're doing things over there. Sure. While we're talking about that, too, let's just go ahead and make sure that we're nice and efficient with these. So. The CEO of Microsoft, not Xbox, but specifically Microsoft, has gone on record. Phil Spencer's daddy. Yeah, exactly. That's who that is. Phil Spencer's daddy. He tells him jump. He says how high. (laughs) That's who that is. CEO said this. Yeah, CEO Dadi says that he he thinks that (laughs) they can be a good publisher now on other platforms, basically talking. And again, not with any definitives, which is one of the most difficult things about anything Xbox and Microsoft related. And I do not say that in a hater way. I say that in just like, and I'm sure if you're an Xbox (laughs) fan or anyone that is reporting or talking about it, it makes it difficult. So there's not really definitives because this person saying this might not mean that it's going to actually happen. But the fact that they're even talking about the possibility of it, the CEO brings up now purchasing Activision that it seems like they're going to be getting rips right on other platforms. And this is opening up probably a little bit more of them wanting to experiment and see if that's the case with other titles as well. We know that we've gotten like rumors or leaks that Hi-Fi Rush and also what is the other one on blanking? There is another one. Oh, uh, Hi-Fi Rush and then uh, Sea of Thieves. And Sea of Thieves, right? So the experiment is that they would put those on other consoles probably and see how they do. Now, Back at the Game Awards also, when Blade was revealed, there was no Xbox splash screen or saying like exclusively on PlayStation. So it can be confusing as to even know with games that are newly getting announced what's coming where. And I I didn't see it, 
But Joel said that the Indiana Jones also had an interesting way of announcing it. There was no um, distinct Xbox exclusivity branding in the article, at least I read about the, like the write up. Whereas when you read right when I was reading the IGN write up about Hellblade, it was like it's coming to Xbox and PC. Mm-hmm. But for for Indiana Jones, they're like, it's coming out later this year. It didn't say any. It wasn't yes or no. It's the same thing with Blade, where it's kind of they're making it up in the air. And I think that that's intentional because those those deals have a little bit more a um, little more say from like the the obviously the partner, which is Disney for both with Blade and Indiana Jones, because they own both of them. And we I mean, we see it even with um, with the Insomniac leaks that at any moment, those games could possibly go third party just because if they don't hit certain sales numbers and stuff like that, too. So Marvel and Disney in general have a pretty, you know, they have a lot of power when they're when they come to these make these deals with these companies. So it could be something as simple as where Microsoft or where Microsoft is like, we'll make this game, we'll do this deal. And then they're like, hey, we need it to be everywhere because tr- we're trying to make money. We can't just have you put Blade on a fucking live service and have it sell 2 million copies. This is a game that needs to sell 10, 15 million copies to make its money back. Yeah, plus other subscription services like IE PlayStation has shown that. I mean, if you get your, you're going to get your day and date sales and then you're going to put it on your service and it will still do good. But if you put it on that service day one, you're going to handicap its ability to make as much revenue which it's going to need to do and it's not just sony or microsoft that's been you know talking about these kind of things obviously the thing that we brought up earlier with ubisoft talking about getting comfortable not owning your games that's in relation to for subscription services to flourish that people have to be comfortable not owning it which is one way of looking at it but there are different players in the industries that have different feelings another one too is the boss at Baldur's gate studio larian said that their studio's games won't come to subscription services. And basically he went on the record talking about how it just is not value rich for the studios to do that, where there is situations where he definitely made it sound like he wasn't talking down on any of studios who do accept those kind of deals. If that's something that you want to do, that's great. You can get a lot of money and you can lower your risks and you can sometimes appeal to a wider audience if that's the case. The other side of it that he was talking about was the fact that it also can put you at a disadvantage if you do have something really special on your hands. I guess there were documents that were revealed saying that Xbox would have been offering as low as $5 million to have Baldur's Gate on Game Pass, which is like insane. Hell no. Which I will say Baldur's Gate is definitely way better than I think people expected it to be. But still, that's super disrespectful. So I understand why. And it's going to sell really well on its own anyway. If there's a game coming out that people are interested in, that's really good. If it's of high quality, people are going to purchase it. And on top of that, this is something that I maybe not have talked about in the game space, but I feel like in the movie space, I've been very vocal about this for the past couple of years, at least like to my friends been annoying about it, where I always say that like, if you want to be at that top level and you want to be making money and stuff like that, you have to just make a better product. And a lot of subscription services make like they lower that where you don't have to make a good product to be at the top. You just put it on there and then it's like, you know, a Netflix movie will come out that sucks, but they'll be like, oh, well, so many people watch it. And it's like, yeah, well, it's just you just offered it to them. That doesn't mean it's and Microsoft good. does that, too, with the players, the player count mm-hmm. that, you know, and that and then you look at trophy percentage or achieve, achievement percentage. And it's like like five percent of players got to level 10 in Starfield. 
Yeah. So is that really like the engagement you want? And then even also another point you're talking about, you want to make real money. You got to sell your game at the top 20 games that brought in revenue. There was three major games that came day and date to game pass atomic heart, which we talked about at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. which seems pretty solid. Woo Long, which you loved as well. Also. Mm-hmm. And then also Liza P none of those games were in the top 20. That's true. In terms of revenue. Yeah. And, I, and there's no way. Obviously, I don't think they would have made it generally, but they definitely handicapped. They took no shot at even trying to crack it because you're releasing day and day. People are going to just play it on there. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely and, and true. Especially... And those games are all good, too. Those uh, games were not reviewed bad at all. And some Liza P, some people even think is like game of the year like worthy. So it's also like a disservice to the studios themselves. I was going to say, too, also, they're all single player games, so you can theoretically play them, finish them and then never return to them. If it's something multiplayer, right, there's always going to be that chance of like they might come back to it later and be like, oh, I didn't buy it. Let me buy it now. But those single player games Mm -hmm. more probably more often than not, people are going to play them that one time they have it on their system. And then once they're done with it, they're done with it until it gets re-released or something like that. Yeah. And Baldur's Gate too. That I don't. I don't even feel like that would make sense on a subscription service because if you have a three month deal, you subscribe to Game Pass for three months and spend forty dollars or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it would be for those three months, and then you still got to buy the game afterwards because that's a long ass game. That's not a game you're finishing, you know, anytime soon. That's why I bought Starfield because it's like it's a big game. I want to play whenever the fuck I feel like it. And I don't want to have to always be subscribed to play it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's just a financially smart way of doing it, especially if it's not your if it's not your main p- place of playing, then all those extra games don't really have much value because you're not going to get to play them anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, just purchasing it is just like a smarter idea. Plus, it's not that they've gone up by like a lot, but the prices of those services do go up every now and then. So you might, I think that I would like to see a percentage, like it'd be cool if there was data or a chart out there to find how many people buy X amount of games or in what category a year. But I would imagine most people are buying a few games a year, like not that many. And if that's the case, you definitely don't need to be on Game Pass. Yeah, there's no I mean, yeah, I don't I don't understand it if you're like because Game Pass doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me in the sense that you're targeting the general audience, but the general audience is playing Call of Duty, FIFA, 2K, Madden. Those are four games that the general audience that you're trying to target with Game Pass. They don't give a fuck about no, you know, Starfield. They're not trying to play a Val. They're not playing Hellblade. They're not going to give a fuck about the story. They're not playing, mm-hmm. you know, your Forza games. Like you gotta, you gotta. I don't know. Game Pass, you know, that's a whole nother discussion that, you know, we can end up going on for hours and hours about. But I just I don't understand necessarily what their marketing is. And now with going, you know, publishing games on other like systems, it's there's literally Xbox is making it where there's no reason to buy the console. Mm -hmm. Yeah, making themselves obsolete. It's an interesting position to like be putting yourself in. Yeah, but I mean, they can bounce back and become a great publisher. Yeah, like Sega. I think that'd be. I mean, it's tough because I, mean, I have no issue with. I that. mean, neither do I, of course. But I feel like we're we benefit. <laughs> Obviously, we've been, yeah, we're biased there. Well, I don't even know if it's biased. We just benefit the most because our home console yeah. is already a different console. I think it's also anyone who's Nintendo, PC, whatever. Like just knowing that, okay, all those are going to be here as well, and we're not losing anything. Great. Like I don't. And it, I mean, it makes sense too. like they're going to get their cut on other platforms. Sure. I feel like that makes sense as a business decision. And also like, yeah, you're going to give your game to more players. Great. I mean, even Sony, you know, they they are going to release their games. But then after that time, 
after that like time period that they're kind of using as a test bed, they come to PC. It's not like they're just only on PlayStation. I mean, um, just next month, we're going to have Helldivers 2, and that's going to release on PC and PlayStation day and date. And as the multiplayer mm-hmm. games happen, right, that's going to be a smarter decision, so you have a larger install base at launch. But just to say that, I definitely still think, yeah, like you having a series in more places is better than not. Now, in terms of, you know, like things becoming obsolete and stuff like that, we got to mention the unfortunate news that nobody cares about, but is a absolute fucking heartbreaker for me. End of an era, I'm turning into an old ass man. Rock Band 4's DLC support is ending after eight years as Harmonic shifts RIP. focus to Fortnite Festival. So... I read a post actually on like the harmonics website cause they, they update the DLC stuff there. So I read like what's coming up in the game and they just basically talked about how, yeah, they're going to be closing support on. So now there won't be any more weekly updates for DLC song lists. And there's like over 3000 tracks available at the moment. You can still play everything as normal. You can still, all the functionality in the game will work the same. Nothing. They're not shutting down any online or anything like that. It's just DLC won't be added to it. But, Towards the end of the article, it said, if you are a fan of these kind of games, however, we are continuing support on and can head on over to like Fortnite festivals. So I'm not going to fucking do that. I'll never do that. (laughs) I have no interest in it at all. I watched it a little bit. It's not what I want. We have standards here. But it just sucks to see like, I mean, that is, I mean, it is a form of consolidation, right? I mean, I think, I mean, that might seem like a too serious way of putting it, but it is true. It's like, all right, they got bought shoving this thing under another umbrella which i mean it is going to make it like less it's it loses identity like it's not even guitar hero rock band it's just i like, play Fortnite festival and you have this rhythm thing that you can play on your fucking controller and play songs by the weekend it's like this isn't <laughs> this isn't it's not, it's not the same like you're gonna they said they're gonna add insurance support which is great but i don't i don't know it's just weird. It's just tough. It's just like uh, if they add intru- instrument support, though, that could be that could be interesting for you. Because I think that's the main thing. No, the ma- obviously well, where it's at is annoying. I think it's two things. I think number one, yes, it's instruments, but the other thing is that Rock Band, throughout the entire time it has existed, has had legacy with all of its set lists. If you have, if you're playing Rock Band Four right now, you could be playing songs you had on Rock Band One and Rock Band Two as long as you did the exports at the time. And you would build a giant catalog. So it's not only that it's moving over to a different thing. It's also you going from potentially hundreds to thousands all the way down to zero. To play one that is going to be Fortnite fucking looking and all that. And at that kind of set list. So it, it is like. I almost there is like no positive of it. You're not trying to play Astro World on. Guitar? Yeah, there's, that's what I'm saying. There's no <laughs> positive of it for the people who do like that sort of game. But. Mm-hmm. I do also think that if they're going to do that and then Fortnite Festival is going to be there, those rumors of a Guitar Hero coming back, I think that makes Guitar Hero more appealing because then there will actually be a hole where yeah. it doesn't exist. I think they need to... Guitar Hero Live did the bullshit with the black and white keys. They need to just go back to the normal shit. That's too hard. You know, we already have a Rocksmith game mm-hmm. that's like a real guitar. Like, we're not... Stay arcadey. That they try to go in between, and that's if you if you're going in between, you're fucking up. You got to pick a lane, and they just need to stick to the classic arcadey guitar hero. And I think that they can, they can definitely come back with vengeance. And also, I don't know, there needs to be something where you can like upload your music and have it make 
there i mean ai can definitely do this where it's like you upload a song and it generates the notepad yeah because imagine how cool it would be you could just like fucking upload like remo drives greatest hits album and just fucking play that that'd be fun well, yeah that's where you do that on clone here on pc you can do that kind of stuff oh, okay. on pc but i think that for consoles back in the day for guitar hero world tour and for guitar hero 5 they did have like track creators where you couldn't put licensed tracks but you could make a chart for a song but then also do like the notes from the guitar so you would have songs that it would be like oh this is that song but it sounds bootleg you know what i mean more like as recorded by not or like as made famous by instead of like as performed by kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. i think that the biggest thing with that is just like there would be there would have to be a way for the artist to make money off of that and then also like if harmonics or whatever studio no, it could be like, I don't even know if Neversoft still exists, but any of these studios that would be making that, they have to have a way to make money so they have to sell you the song. If they just let you put all the songs you want in there for free, they would fucking close the studio down in no time. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's Which true. Which sucks. I, I mean, it would be cool. I think, I think, like, I don't know how they choose what songs, but if they had, like, a you can request what you want in there, shit like that would be cool. Yeah. I think now with music, it's so hard because music specifically, I feel like is very like segmented where everybody has their niche genres and fucks with it. Whereas back then, like rock was obviously the main genre in like the 70s, 80s and shit. And even a little bit like early 90s where it's like, oh, yeah, everybody likes Weezer. Everybody likes Oasis. Everybody likes Metallica. So the and everybody likes Nirvana, fucking Guns N' Roses or what, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, these big bands. But nowadays that genre of music in particular has diminished and has gone to more niche things where you like your little individual in quotes, indie artists. Cause most of these artists are on major labels, but they call themselves indie artists. So it's, it's a little bit harder. I think to make a unified music game where it was in the early two thousands, a lot easier to do that. Yeah, I would agree. And I wonder how they go about acquiring the songs because there are artists that are huge that have never been in those games that it's kind of like weird like even though they're still supporting their games i would really say that like you're most of everything you get in there is from 2010 and earlier even stuff that's still being added like you're not you're not getting you're, new, new you're shit. getting some new new shit but you're not getting a lot like it's insane how some artists are just like have never been in a game like that like who in particular who's on the top of your mind when you say i that? mean like i mean even like like it's Tame Impala has never had a song in that. Is that not weird? Like I think that's weird. At least the inner like inner speaker has songs that would be fun to play on. Oh, like fucking Jeremy Storm. I think all of them. That'd be fine. I'm saying I think like all of them. It's just, but I'm saying like it's even just weird that an artist is that big and that prone to something like that and has never ended up in a game like that. Yeah, that's true. But again, he popped off at 2010, so it's like 2010 and like below. No, 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 I know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying in current, modern day, currently updated rock band, they still don't have anything like that, which is weird. Damn. And yeah, I mean, they, they're even slacking on Arctic Monkeys, too, I feel yeah. like. That's a pretty... And they were, like, in the 2000s. So, I mean, I, I wonder, yeah, I wonder how they decide who gets it, or I wonder if there's, like... I, I don't know. I'm curious, but I guess it doesn't matter, because I think that when they switch to supporting Fortnite Festival, I think... I don't know what their selection of music will be, but it has to be different. There's no way that they're going to try to support Fortnite Festival with like 90s grunge. Yeah, so it's probably going to lean more poppy. Which and sucks. The music is it's going to suck. Yeah, it's going to be like Taylor Swift, The Weeknd, Travis Scott. And it and no disrespect. I, like, I like Travis Scott and The Weeknd. 
Taylor Swift, you know, I'm not I'm not an overt, overt hater, just generic guy like, oh, fuck Taylor mm. Swift. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of her music. Either. Also, even then, even with those artists, like we're saying, no disrespect, it's not even about, I would say half of it is the music, right? Obviously, like taste, you like it, whatever. The other half for players is that a lot of that pop music, the thing is that that would be really easy to play. So it's not fun to play on instruments. That's why a lot of people who like rock band and guitar hero like like fucking metal or like crazy rock because it's more through the fire and flames yeah, that was like the fucking biggest yeah, thing it's more difficult so it's more fun to play so like that's the thing too is like well i'm probably not gonna have that much interest in fortnite festival as somebody who's like good at those games because the fuck am i gonna do play like a three note song and be like cool i spent five dollars <laughs> on that and so like it's, i don't even i don't even know like what it is it's just so like foreign it's the exact example of me being like, I don't fucking want this new shit. I'm old and give me the same thing. Yeah. But I feel good about that. I agree. I I mean, yeah, it does. It is sad. Like I said in the beginning of the show, Fortnite has gone too far. Now, this is officially a step too far for but me. But it'll I was never okay. be stopped now. Oh no, it's never going to be stopped. It's not going to, it's it, literally, you're going to turn on your console, it's going to be Fortnite, and then you just p- pick your games from the Fortnite app. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and if you want a, just a quick kind of like idea, console users reportedly spent over 1.6 billion hours playing Fortnite in December. That's more than Fuck. Call of Duty, EA Sports Football Club, Grand Theft Auto 5, and Roblox combined. So mm, that's the you gotta hit it with the combine at the yeah, end. Yeah, the combine really the point. The combine hits very heavy. So yeah, it's it's going nowhere, <laughs> and it's swallowed swallowed another one. Because I mean, we got that, and then rocket racing, and then the Lego one. But the Lego one, I I feel like is I don't know if that is taking away anything else. But the rocket racing and the Fortnite festival makes me feel like those are two things that could have just been separate. Yeah, definitely. And the Lego one, I mean, they're they're going after Minecraft with that, but. I don't I feel like Minecraft has a dedicated audience. I don't think they're really going to I mean, you know, it's a slow they could put a dent into it. It did look visually appealing the Lego one. I'm not going to lie. Minecraft, it did look kind of cool. Minecraft was still on that top 20 sales chart. So they're still Yeah. They're still making their money. Yeah, Minecraft's a beast. Minecraft's definitely a beast. Now, switching over to another series, an unannounced Far Cry spinoff game has been raided, but specifically in Europe. So the Peggy system, right? Yeah, Peggy 16 that you hear in like trailers. Peggy 16. So it's been spotted that Captain Laserhawk Niji or Niji Warrior has been raided by Peggy. (laughs) Suggesting an (laughs) official... Yeah, it's like it's like uh that was crazy. Right? it's like when you're playing the the teenage mutant ninja turtle games and they're like curse you ninjas and you're like whoa like, no. like the way you gotta take it easy there you're saying that so anyway you kind of drag the eye there a little bit you gotta take it easy <laughs> this captain laserhawk game for those who remember i don't remember which specific event it was at but there was an event where they showed a far cry 3 blood dragon spin-off like animated series Apparently, this mm-hmm. spinoff game is going to feature characters from that animated series. Now, this is huh. not to be confused with Far Cry 7, which some details have leaked about in the past, or the separate on its own Far Cry multiplayer game. This seems to be a separate spinoff game from those two. However, in the description for the rating, it does say players take part in a laser deathmatch and compete 
to eliminate the most opponents, which does sound multiplayer. It does sound very multiplayer. I mean, also, there was an idea of like the MMO, like forever Far Cry. I know Ubisoft pitched this with Assassin's Creed as well, too. So this could also be something like that. If you're also curious, don't worry. You can buy things in the game as part of the rating says Thank that you. players can purchase in-game items such as cosmetics. So I know that, that that's really what you like your games for. You like that that Destiny gameplay, you know, Apple Pay, pull your fucking card out. So that'll be in there. But yes, press reports earlier, there is Far Cry 7 we know for sure is in development and there should be another multiplayer game and then this one. Um... I mean, I wonder when we would see something like this or if it's one and the same that this is that multiplayer game that is rumored. I can't imagine that they have seven, a multiplayer game and another spinoff multiplayer game. That seems like too much. I mean, yeah, Ubisoft is, I mean, they apparently have multiple games within Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, like in development. Mm. And I mean, obviously we saw PlayStation cancel factions and I guess it's the they haven't been technically announced, so they could be just canceled in the back end and never have to talk about them. But I feel like a lot of the, like half of these projects are not going to come out. But, I, you know, who knows? Ubisoft is persistent because they're fucking still trying to release Skull and Bones. That's true. So who knows? That's true. They are. And we'll see how that ends up being like, because, you know, it, it sucks then when some games are just canceled. Even if you're like, yeah, it might not have been the most successful just to see like what it would have been. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And obviously, I think with modern games, the same thing with factions is that I feel like a lot of projects canceled, not for creative reasons, but for like monetary reasons where it's like, eh, I don't think this is going to make money. So we're not going to play. It, so we're going to just cancel it. Which is tough, too, because I mean, like, I'm sure there's been games in the past that have come out and whoever was behind it making it didn't think it was going to be as special as it ended up being sometimes it's kind of just up to the players to decide like what they really like and what they don't like i can't i re- i mean mm-hmm. it's something we're gonna talk about every now and then just because we have like attachment to it but i can't imagine a world where last of us comes out and it's actually bad like it just doesn't if it even oh like factions? yeah if it just plays like last of us it can't be bad oh no there's no doubt that it was bad i think the i think what the issue was is that that's a whole it pisses me off with them being like oh we didn't realize it was a live service game and we would have to just only make this it's like motherfucker yes you did don't tell me that you are a professional game gamer game professional game maker professional developers you've been fucking industry in the industry for 20 plus years and you just realized at the last like six months of the last of us factions thing that oh yeah you're gonna have to fucking dedicate a whole team to this that's complete bullshit to me. I got a bunch of professional developers out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to say, Neil Druckmann doesn't fucking know that. I know he knows that. He's not an idiot. Yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, well, I mean, there's also that thing, too, where we wonder how many of these decisions are not being made at the studio level, but from a higher level. I think that it's outside of PlayStation, but we're going to see with Suicide Squad, which is going to be coming out here shortly. It's not coming out to the hottest reception. Previews have been pretty cold on it, but the co-founders of rocksteady have basically come out saying that like they're forming their new studio in london and so you know there's always the question of like is this even what they wanted to make or would they have just rather been doing something different the whole time with these because so and like you pointed out earlier they announced that a year ago but it 
feels odd that they're announcing it like two weeks before their new game is supposed to come out. They're like, hey, 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 this is what we're making. Next. Yeah, don't not the suicide. Squad. Don't, don't worry about that. I agree because <laughs> I know that they when they originally spoke about it, like you said, I said like a year and a half ago, they mentioned it in a way that were like they're going to see this project through to release and then leave. Obviously, the game was pushed back a whole year, which they probably weren't planning on. So now that it's getting close to release, I agree. It does seem a little bit suspicious that they're like, hey, hey, like the shit that ain't ours. Like we were on it, but like it's not ours. <laughs> hey, we're just doing our contracts. We're fulfilling our contractual obligations. But this is what we give a fuck about. This is where the heat's going to be at, which I mean. Who knows if it's actually going to be heat, because why would you release a shitty game, to be honest, you know? yes that is true. you know what i'm saying yeah. where it's like where it's like their their most recent project is gonna be a dud you know it hasn't come out officially but it looks like it's gonna be a dud and then now they're like trying to get us excited for the new thing and it's like what you say where it's like i don't give a fuck about the name i need to like actually see the game yeah that's true that's true that's why i think now at this point where when we cover stuff i try to cover all of the things that you know we would find interesting we have a good time talking about it just makes for better conversation for you know everyone out there listening to enjoy it as well and to interact with the a lot of the things that are just like new studios being formed sometimes i'll mention them now but not as much because i feel like we had a lot of that in the past year and until we start to see projects come out of that i don't think that studios just being formed is enough to be newsworthy now Mm -hmm. that being said if it was some crazy shit like fucking neil Druckmann and kojima and ken levine (laughs) are forming like a new super studio that'd be different but That'd be fire. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that may be too much. Like they would all want the credit. Yeah, that wouldn't work. You know? They would all fight each other. That wouldn't work. At, they would kill each other. Yeah, I agree that wouldn't work. I'm just saying, like, if it's something like that, then I then you know we would mention it. But if it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, a new studio is formed from you know the the creator of Doom, but it was like a QA tester like 30 years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not to shit on QA testers. From the minds behind Doom. Yeah, that's not for me to shit on QA testers. That's more so me shitting on like marketing and old people in general. So like, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It hits different sometimes. Speaking of old ass people, bro. Tomb Raider 1 and 3 remastered. New features have been detailed. I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing that matters is they have detailed that tank controls are not going to be the only way to play it. There will also be an updated control scheme that will be similar to like the anniversary editions of the games that you can't use. So that'll be cool. I'm excited to play those. I started to really like Tomb Raider a lot more playing the 2013 one. And then Rise of the Tomb Raider was excellent. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I haven't finished. I was about halfway through, but I'm I will more than likely, as long as there's nothing like really broken about these, I will probably be picking these up and enjoying them. Yeah, I mean, that that's fun. Obviously, how a remastered should be handled. Konami, fucking learn something. Make your games accessible to modern people, but also give them the option. If they want to play, they, you know, this is a 40-year-old who loved Tomb Raider. He loved those pixelated, those pixelated knockers. Let him play it the way he wanted to play it back in 1998 or whenever the fuck this game came out. Also. But also give us new players the, what new, the way we were supposed to play games with, like, you know, dual analogs and aiming correctly couple of other ex- uh, excellent things just so you know for people who are on playstation there are over 200 Ooh. trophies to collect over the different versions of the playstation games that's 
So, do they each three have a platinum? I, it doesn't say anything about platinums, but it says Aspire has introduced, uh, you know, health bar for bosses, in-game items like health katamo that are now 3D instead of 2D, and there are over <laughs> 200 trophies to collect across the PlayStation versions of the game. So that could probably, I would assume, is going to be three different trophy lists. But 200 makes it sound nice. to me like if you that's probably like PS4 and PS5. Because I I can't yeah. imagine you're going to have 200 trophies across three games. I think you're probably going to have like... Usually it's like 40 for per game. So that would only be like... And it can be up to the most I've seen is like 70-ish. Like Alan Wake 2 has 62 trophies, I think, or 67. It has a shit ton. They're all fucking bronze. That's the thing. So I was going to say, I think you're probably <laughs> topping out around like 70 per game. So mm-hmm. I mean, even... Oh, I mean, I guess yeah. If it's, I guess if it's like sixty to seventy, it's 70. then it'd be two hundred. It can, it can hit it. We do yeah. a little multiplication. But I think, I think what you're, I think what you're saying is correct. They're probably more around like thirty to like forty, and then like the PS5 and PS4 versions count. Yeah. So either way, I think that sounds good. Um, they talk about basically their philosophy of like not wanting to change things so much as just adding things, making things look better. It looks good. I think it's you know, and a few surprises they're not talking about. There's a robust photo mode and i yeah i'm just excited for that i think that's going to be a good time obviously we know that there will be a new tomb raider game coming at some point um that i feel like was talked about a little bit of, of like two years ago and then kind of forgotten but just to make sure everyone knows there is a new there is a new you know tomb raider game that is being developed by embracer owned crystal dynamics in unreal engine 5 and is being like published by amazon so that is that is still that's a work. weird game that has a lot of different that has a lot of like you know publishing and developing arms that's that's a weird yeah, one i think i agree i think right now i just think it's good to get these remasters out and i think that they are games that people will enjoy and don't have access to and it's good to have like a new one on the horizon talking about things mm-hmm. that we're not super sure of right with the konami stuff with like metal gear and silent hill i that's like i just have i I mean, they're coming out this year, according to PlayStation. I know, but in terms of like what the quality is, I just don't know with Konami. Like, I don't have any faith in them, even though it's Metal Gear and Silent Hill. I still don't have any faith. I have more faith in Silent Hill than Metal Gear. I would agree. Let's say that. I would agree with that. I think that's a valid statement, especially since like we actually know who Bluebird Team is. I don't really even know. I mean, we've probably gone over it before on the show who is doing Metal Gear Solid 3 Delta, but it's probably like it's not a studio. It's an internal Konami team that we don't. Like, yeah. I mean, based on their previous work of the Metal Gear Solid collection, it's not not the best, not the best work. Yeah. I mean, their most recent Konami developed games is the Metal Gear Solid collection, I believe, and then Metal Gear Survive, yeah. which is the worst game in the series. Also, not necessarily a game, but I did hear that that Silent Hill Ascension kind of like oh that was yeah, I heard that was. Did you see? Like, did you look into that at all? Did you ever watch any of those episodes or? As, no, I heard Greg Miller is in it. Oh, he's in them. Yeah, bro, you know, you already know where he's. You I know mean, where, I, where the money is. That's where I know he he's is. Spider Man too, but I didn't know he was going over to be in fucking Silent Hill. Also, yeah, he's he's he is like a. Is it characters? Does I don't even know. Killed? Is it a show? Pro- I mean, from probably, what I understood, would assume, right? it was a. The way it was announced, interactive. It show, was announced right? as like something that they were working with behavior. I think, which is the studio behind Dead by Daylight and Meet Your Maker. So it was going to be them like helping with this interactive TV show that people would kind of like choose what would happen. But Mm -hmm. this also led to like weird things where people would like type certain things in the chat and 
it would like <laughs> pin weird things. I think one of the shows that like we enjoy listening to, Sacred Symbols, I think they mentioned that trying to get around the mod, somebody typed like Ko- like Kojima cummy in my tummy or something like that. Oh but like everyone gosh. was typing yeah, that so it got pinned because it wasn't like the mods didn't have that as a word that would get censored. Yeah, I mean, coming in your tummy, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, all right, but I, regardless, it's like if <laughs> if Greg Miller was in, I wonder if he could get killed in it. But I, yeah, I didn't experience the game. It's just a weird first first way of bringing back Silent Hill, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like, you have Metal Gear coming back with this collection, which is maybe not the best by a lot of people's standards, and then now you have this coming back, and it's like, you kind of want the first, the first impression is important. You want it to have a pop, definitely. I would agree. So... We'll see how those are as time goes on, but now we're going to talk about January's PlayStation Plus Extra and Classics titles that you have access to if you have those level of subscriptions on your PlayStation Plus um, subscription. So in the Extra category, you get Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Next Level Edition, Resident Evil 2, Hard Space, Shipbreaker, Lego City Undercover, Just Cause 3, Session Skate Sim, which I actually am pretty excited about, Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, Vampire the Masquerade, Swan Song, and Surviving the Aftermath. Your PlayStation Plus Premium Classic games will be Rallycross from PS1, Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace from PlayStation 1, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection with Joel Third Strike is in there, so we should play that. And then Legend of Mana and Secret of Mana are also included in the classic titles. Remember that these are not like the essential games. These, you do not add them to your library, but you can play them as long as they're on these services. So a couple of good ones i think resident evil 2 tiny tina wonderlands good um session skate i'm interested in and then i do think the street fighter 30th anniversary collection is pretty dope i don't know for for the playstation 1 games i guess i you know i don't have like a huge affinity for this rally cross game or the star wars game i'm still in that I mean, there's so much Star Wars content, but I feel like I'm still in like in my infancy in being a Star Wars fan that if I'm going to do anything Star Wars related, I'm probably just going to experience like the new games or something. So I'm probably not going to play that. It come, you'll come first. If you do join the fandom, you'll go full circle and hate it. So, you know, just look forward to that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> I'm the thing is, is I, I'm not I never started from a point of love, so I feel like it can't burn me. Mm that's true you can't get you can't get it only prove me more correct (laughs) fuck so that that's really the best part so i looked into the greg miller silent hill thing they a kind of funny hosted the premiere pre-show so did a pre-show for the premiere episode that he hosted so he's not in it actually i thought he was in it which would be kind of cool yeah i agree that would have been cool i i I didn't know that either but yeah i mean this month it's pretty solid i think so i think it's over I think overall solid. I think Essentials honestly been kicking ass more than the extra and premiere tiers. Last month was a solid month with nobody saves the world. The fuck else was? Uh, wait, what was last month? I completely just blanked. I just know nobody saves the world. PlayStation podcaster. I am a PlayStation podcaster. I'm trying to think about what else. It was was solid month. Nobody saves the world. Evil West, and then the other game that we got was the Rat Game. Plague Tale. Oh, Plague Tale. The the yeah, sequel. Requiem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a solid month, and then this upcoming month we got Foam Stars launching on there. So I think you know the essential tier has definitely been kicking a little more ass than the other two tiers, but they obviously have a great. If you're not 
like uh like me and Mark buying every single thing every time we look at a sale where like we literally have everything. This is definitely a great way to enjoy and play different games and expand your horizons and not just play the basic 70%. God, I got so much value out of the Twisted Metal playing Twisted Metal 1 and 2 and watching the show on Peacock. I'm fucking fully in as a fan. That I can't wait for season 2. Was such a good way to That was like one of the be- most effective examples I've experienced of doing that like cross media to also get you Synergy. interested in a newer thing. I thought the show was really good. I absolutely loved the games and now I'm like really excited for season two and hopefully, of course, like a new game hopefully they're making. Mm-hmm. So the last or pretty much like the last thing that I have on here is just a little PSA for everyone to, uh, you know, stay calm and don't worry when Dragon's Dogma 2 drops. The director has said new players can safely jump in because the hero has amnesia. So I think this is good to hear <laughs> just because I played a little bit of the first one and I did enjoy it, but I didn't know, like, I don't know if I'm going to finish it by the time the second one comes out. And the director basically went on record saying that like any of the really important bits from the first game are going to be told to you throughout the course of the story of the second one. So you can definitely just play it from like, you don't have to play the first one, which is great. I love that. Cause that for me now I'm like, okay, cool. Now I, I don't mind hopping in. Yeah, so why call it Dragon Dogma 2? Just call it Dragon Dogma colon whatever the fuck. I don't... Mm. I guess it's better for searching it in the store, too. That makes sense. I also think that if you put semicolon something, it makes it not sound like a full sequel. That gives like a spinoff or like a remake or something like that, where I feel like a number makes you more like this is like a full, full release. That's true. But I think of Ask Creed how they went away from numbers because they realized it would look kind of dumb like Final Fantasy 16. But which I, I appreciate also Final Fantasy continuing with the numbering. I think it, it's dumb, but also awesome at the same time where they were like just doing Valhalla, Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Origins. So but I mean, I think that's really smart to come out and say that because I think a lot of people are interested in Dragon Dogma, too. The original one was more of a cult classic. So this is definitely makes it safe for me like i'm gonna now be interested in actually playing this game because it's like oh i don't have to like play like a 40 hour rpg before i play this mm-hmm. yeah i agree i think it's smart i think it, it yeah i think it's just you're just lowering the barrier of entry for more players which is good for them mm-hmm. good for us good for everyone because it's also so now it's kind of on my radar a little bit because we don't really have these many like fantasy western rpgs on playstation yeah i agree so for now right i mean because if if microsoft does decide to bring other games over then we'll have what obsidian's been working on which is avowed and pentiment and stuff like that so we'll have more variety like more of those games yeah that is the that's the only thing i really miss from xbox side is that they have the western rpgs well we're gonna get they have all the we're gonna get them back we're gonna get them back baby fucking playstation we're getting them back and they're actually going to sell on our consoles unlike play xbox where they buy five fucking copies and of we didn't it. have to do anything we i mean playstation literally didn't have to do anything they didn't have it released anything oh. <laughs> and it's just so like yeah we're gonna win and then make you come over here Yeah, it's kind of crazy when oh. you think about it it is kind of because yeah i mean but it, but do you really think the margin would be that much bigger if they were releasing heat? I think it would still stay the same. I don't think it would actually change. I think the margin would be even larger. 
but not that much yeah, larger. It's already three to I agree. one. I don't know about that. I agree. I think it'd be diminishing like returns at this point. Yeah, like it may be like three point five to one, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be like it's. I don't think if they were releasing Last of Us Part Three and fucking Ghost of Sushi, Ghost of whatever the fuck the new island is going to be, it's like going to be like Ghost of whatever the fuck the island is going to be. You say Ghost of Sushi, and I was like, oh, it's, I don't know if that's what it's called. Ghost of Sushi. That's yeah. That's the next game. It's actually they're making a spinoff Ghost of Sushi where you play as like a. It's like cooking I was going to say that's the in feudal that's Japan. That's the new jumping sushi. It's Ghost of Sushi on the store. Hey, that's a free idea out there for those shitty developers that make those games. Ghost of Sushi, take it. Take it and run. Yeah, you're right. I think that there's they probably have maximized that gap as much as they could. So, yeah, I guess it wouldn't make a difference. And now they can just save it and then just... uh, I don't know. I mean, we still have to see whenever we get a state of player showcase to see because we still don't. We, I mean, we still still don't fucking know. Last episode, I'm sure we were saying the same thing. We still don't know really what's coming. The only thing we do know is we have one less now because Last of Us Factions is not <laughs> officially not going to be coming. So all we know is that we're getting less games. Thank you. PlayStation. Yeah, that's what we know for sure from Sony. Uh, yeah. More of our stuff might come from outside I mean, sources. Stars- we're starting to see the the fruits of the live service starting to come out a little bit. Foam starts coming. I mean, I'm feeling like we're at least getting Concord or uh, what's the fucking Ubisoft watchdogs looking like? Fair games, like Concord or Fair games. I feel like one of those has to come out end of the year, yeah. right? I mean, like a, Concord, I'm more interested than the other one. Definitely, because I yeah, definitely. I don't think Fair games is like. The subject matter is cool, but I don't think it's going to like the subject matter would be cool in a single player game, not necessarily in a multiplayer yeah, game. Uh, and plus, if it's as soon as they start saying like extraction, anything, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, extraction is not fun. I mean, but technically the finals is extraction. No, right? not really. That's I fun. think that it might have extraction elements, but I think that's just like traditional competitive like multiplayer. My biggest thing with extraction, mm-hmm. the first thing I think of is I think that there's going to be an item in the game that I want that has a fucking 0.5% drop rate, and that's why I'm going to have to play 100 <laughs> matches. That's what I think of with extraction games. And you know that that's something that they are thinking too because they're like, how do we... And they extract that's, your cash. How do we, that's how the do main we, thing about extraction. How do we get you in the loop, right? Like, how, we're going to like show you this item that's like really dope, and like you can have it, but like it's going to drop once every 50 games, and there's going to be one instance of it on the map. And you're gonna want to fucking tear your your hair out when you get the item, and then somebody kills you. So mm. that's that's what I nice, think of with nice. extraction shooters. I mean, yeah. So you know, hopefully, hopefully the one of those two games like pan out. But honestly, PlayStation might be fucking up trying to release these multiplayer games now because there's like a lot of people are diving into it, and there's a few hits here. I really hope the finals takes off. If you're listening to this, play the finals. It's a great game. We need it to top charts and dethrone call mm. of duty yeah i mean it'll be good i mean just more games i think okay more games from creative and dedicated studios is good i think that's that like tide that rises all boats i'm not necessarily just saying mm-hmm. a high number of games in terms of like shitty just shovelware that's bloating the digital storefronts but i'm saying you know more it's true that it is true that more games are going to hurt the people who make them unfortunately because only a certain number of games are really going to be able to survive because people have limited time and cash but it is better for the consumer to have more options to pick from so i don't know there's yeah just and the cream rises to the top it makes competition so everybody has to put out their a game yeah can't be 
but not that we so i don't know I, I know there's always a there's a conversation to be had there about like how much games cost and how maybe some companies are not doing the best and stuff like that and i, I don't know what the i mean i don't mm-hmm. know what the answer is to that I, i'm sure that they don't either otherwise there wouldn't be the issues that some of the players in the industry are having but i don't know if people are expecting too much i think it's a mix i think that it's a mix of people expecting too much and i also think that studios expect too much i think expecting people to play one game for a really long period of time and dump a lot of cash into it is fucking crazy yeah i also think that the games like especially triple a not in the smaller games but triple a budgets are insane Mm. right now and obviously that comes with like, I mean, most of the budget is paying your people. So obviously I'm not saying I want people to not get paid, but you're seeing like the ramifications of those ballooned budgets with all the like recent like layoffs in the industry. Like last year, I mean, every overall, it's a great year for gamers, but people in the industry, like a lot of people lost their jobs in the gaming mm-hmm. industry last year. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of layoffs continuously. And I mean, there's mm-hmm. different things for that, I'm sure of. How did how are certain games performing? How much is like the cost of the labor or the budget of the game? And then I know that we're seeing it a lot. I feel not. I don't want to say a lot, but we're seeing it come up more at conferences and kind of like developer press showcases about like you know generative AI and stuff like that. I mean, even in Foam Stars, they're like, well, some of the art things that you will see are AI generated. I don't know. I don't think that. I mean, I didn't know it when we played it. So if they hadn't said yeah. it, I wouldn't have noticed because, you know, some AI art is very easy to tell, like, oh, this everything's like facing the wrong way and shit is like blended incorrectly. But that I mean, that is something that is going to be more in the process of making games. I think as long as it's not maybe like noticeable or it's only focusing on the. I want to say like non-creative, non-storytelling aspects, and it's probably fine, but it's tough out there i mean it's all it's all tough out there in the gaming space and in other spaces in general too so i'm sure i mean it will equal out right if i'm trying to be positive everything balances out it's eventually going to balance out but it's going to take a it's going to take a while to to rectify everything and get everything back to balance there may be like i don't know like this year may be a little light compared to last year i in terms of I'm, releases actually I'm i don't still know on the flip side too where i know everyone's like last year oh last year was very good very good but i i'm not i definitely am not with that camp of people that were like 2023 one of the best years ever it was a good year yeah it definitely think so. was a good year i'm not saying it was a bad year but i think what i am saying mm-hmm. is i think that there are a lot of years where a lot of good shit comes out and it's weird how the internet all combines on like one opinion once it's said like, I feel like somebody was just like, yeah. oh, 2023 was the best. And then everyone was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just great, great yeah, year. A- but I don't I don't know if it was when I think of 2023, I think of a ton of really great releases. And then I think of like Resident Evil 4, Baldur's Gate, Super Mario Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom. And those are. Alan Wake 2. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a good, good year. year. We're, not, we're not poo-pooing the year, but it's the it's the overall like a hype culture where it's like everything's an instant classic and it's like that's not how things work it takes time to be classic those are also just not like i don't think of most of those as like franchise builders when i think of like oh Mm -hmm. like some of the greatest years in games ever i think of years that like spawn something that will stay around for a long time yeah outside of like boulders gate 3 i don't really see that and also boulders gate 3 is the third game in the I agree. I think, like, yeah, it's like the big one, right? Like 2007, 2013. 
feel like 2017 or 18. I think both of those years were fire because that was like the Persona 5, Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, OG. Also, again, you got Horizon thrown in there. God of War. Absolutely fantastic. It can be in that conversation with all those. I have no issue with that at all. I just don't think it's like, oh, this is the best year ever. No fucking <laughs> way. Like, let's relax on that. No way. And it's fine. If you're young and out there and you think this is the best year ever, that's, you know, you got, See, you got, you got but, years. You got to go back in the history. You got to go in the annals of history. And do your homework. The thing is, is that I wonder if it is young people saying that because I the reason why I don't feel like it is is because when I see stats like oh the amount of people that played Fortnite were more than this 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 and this combined which isn't to you know what it it's not all young people playing Fortnite which is probably like the most old man shit I could say but it's just like I don't know if it's young people that are saying that or if it's more older people that are saying that it's the best year. It's also hard to know because it's like. Mm-hmm. We're seeing people online say that, but I haven't talked to anyone in real life that was like, oh my God, this was my favorite year. But actually, you know what? Maybe I have because I've heard so many people in real life say they love Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate. I don't know anyone who's finished either of those games. (laughs) I don't. And they're long games, but still, if you're going to be like, this is my shit, then you better have finished it. That's true. But that's very true. I think that's. I feel like that's a relatively solid point to kind of close out on, right? Like, if you're going to say you're a big fan of something, like, why don't you prove it? You know what I'm saying? You're wearing that shirt. Name five songs. Name five songs. Where's I your would love to do that shit in real life. I think one of the... Maybe I just will start doing that. I mean, what am I going to lose? Yeah, just become the old <laughs> man that you really want to be. Just fucking start accosting 15-year-old girls that are wearing Nirvana t-shirts and being like, Name That'd be songs. weird. That's a little that's I mean, a little that's, that's, of you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I would do that. I I let people be, all right? I'm You are the 15-year-old you know, girl Drake's, wearing Drake, your Nirvana shirt. Drake is my favorite artist. I need the yeah? Max Wien. I need the Max Wien. Of also, course. before we end this episode, I I need to we need to full circle. James did say that uh no, it's not that big of a deal to cancel games cuz the assistant coach died. So, you and him are both soft as fuck. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Because you agreed that the Warriors should cancel games because the assistant died, right? I mean, died, yeah, right? I feel like that's a pretty... I can under... mm. I can, I can definitely understand why an organization would be like, let's hold off on our fucking game of basketball for this. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, I'm not I'm not a big football guy. I mean, I am a big football guy. I'm, I'm more of a basketball guy, but I'm just thinking, like, football would never... Football would never cancel a game for something like this. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I think... I see nothing. A player almost died on the field and they continued the game. Okay, but if a player... <laughs> I, I think that that is different than if something happened while the game was already happening. Actually, I lied. They did When that guy did almost die on the field, they did put cancel the so game. So you're full of shit. <laughs> so, it's I'm okay to shit. be full of shit. It's okay. But I'm saying assistant coach. All right, dude, all right, assistant all right. All right. You know, I, feel, I feel like, you know, I mean, come on. What do we... Assistant coach, come what, on. What do you mean? So, so huh. assistant coach. It's not like Steve Kerr got fucking. I'm, I'm, I was gonna say not like Steve Kerr got assassinated. His dad did get assassinated, so that's not a. I'm sorry, Steve Kerr. That was not a. That was not a tasteful joke. I at didn't all. know that, but yeah, you are being a little bit crazy right now. But I mean, like for example, right? What if you had a heart attack and you passed away? You want me to just not postpone any go for bronze? No, you better fucking continue and have but my corpse happens, on the like other side of the screen before the show. 
Um, that, that's but that's what happened. This guy died overnight, didn't he? But it he? was like, were they not on the road? And like, it's like right before something happened. They were on the road. They were, they were on the road. They were in Utah. Yeah. All bad things happen in Utah. So I feel like I feel like it makes sense to be like something unexpected and terrible happens on the road. You can't just act like it didn't happen. But what I'm saying is that should galvanize the team. The Warriors are having a shit season. This guy dying. We got to fucking come together and fucking play good. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Why don't you call Steph Curry and tell him that? I feel like you should call Steph Curry. I feel like you have a few choice words for him. I mean, yeah, (laughs) he's he's fine on my team. (laughs) But all right, there's no disrespect to all these people. I feel like it makes sense. I'm going to go ahead and just say if you die, we'll postpone your game, right? Okay. You wouldn't. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't, but, you know, different people, different strokes. Yeah. Different strokes, but different folks. But if you folks. died right before the show, you're saying that's a different situation. That is a different situation because it's All me. Right, well, so I'm, I'm sure they feel <laughs> the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But I feel like that's a good that's a good ending point. We went full circle with the Warriors coach. You know, first episode of the new year. Dusting off the rust. We did pretty good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Hope y'all enjoyed listening to it. Keep on coming back for the rest of the year. Yeah, I had a good time. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If that wasn't a total waste of your time, consider leaving us a review on the service that you're listening on as it really helps us out. If you'd like to be a part of the show, feel free to reach out to us on any of the socials linked in the episode notes. You can reach us with your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, and ideas. Until next time, don't forget to keep breathing.